0: This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic
1: universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that sadly... Is with 100% more robots.
0: I know, there surely ain't no reason to be me.
1: This week we cover episode 5 of Obi Wan Kenobi and do something nobody likes doing hanging out in Jersey City with more Ms. Marvel. What the? And we speak with Peacemaker's Danielle Brooks?
2: Wait, what? Oh, nothing. Um, I distinctly heard you say, Danielle Brooks.
3: Yep, I heard it too.
1: No, there's no way you heard that. I was whispering.
0: No, I'm afraid you're telling Popeyes, me friend.
4: What are you talking about?
3: He's saying you're lying.
4: I am, I, am, I am. How do you know that?
3: I can understand Cockney.
1: Bad Cockney. So
2: you're saying you speak Cockney, but you... Don't know the difference between an adverb and an adjective. Priorities. And that's a Babe Ruth.
1: I'm not sure what's going on here with pork pies and Babe Ruth, and, and... We just get things moving. We're in a bit of a hurry. I mean, uh,
2: let's meet the team. I'm Norm.
4: I'm Lucas. Quick, quick, quick.
3: Okay, okay. I'm
2: Bridget. Is
4: my name?
2: And I'm Emilia, and this is The Verse News where we bring you the latest in TV, film, pop culture, and superhero news from across the cinematic universes and beyond. Let's see what the squad has come up with
4: this week. I'm very curious if Bridget will steal my news today. I
2: have a couple of pieces of news, and I'm kind of hoping someone steals
4: one. I don't have a backup. That's the problem. Is I just got oh, one piece of news. Oh, I have so
3: much news today.
1: Okay, well, um, well no. let's, let's, let's let Lucas go first so nobody steals okay. what he's got.
4: Well, I'm curious. The reason I say Bridget is because I have a feeling she loves this movie, or at least the cartoon, <laughs> the animated version of it. Uh, but Guy Ritchie has been tapped to direct the live-action Hercules movie after the six, smashing success of Aladdin, the the live-action one, which I don't know if anybody has seen. Anybody here on the oh, Earth Squad actually watched have... the live-action Aladdin version?
3: Yes. Okay. And, yes. Um, not a fan. I have, yeah, I have seen fan. every... Disney live edition rendition, whatever you want to call it.
4: I like calling them live edition. That's
3: live that's edition. Cool.
4: What did you think of the Aladdin one?
3: S- visually stunning. Agreed. Will Smith was the best part of it. Whoa, that's a hot take. Yeah. I, no, no, I thought he, he was actually. He had, he had the best numbers. He had the best numbers.
1: Will Smith's
3: name all of your shit in my mouth.
1: Get
4: my wife's name.
1: I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, he was the worst part of no, that movie. I yes, by I, far. I, no, I don't No.
3: No. Um, but it wasn't memorable. It wasn't memorable.
1: Exactly. That's what makes it bad.
3: No, no, no. I'm saying the movie as a whole. I'm not saying Will oh. Smith. I'm no. saying the movie as a whole. What was memorable the... was Will Smith. Oh, come on.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> Leave Will Smith's name Oh, you'll right. stay in
4: my Okay. Watching it with my nieces and nephews, I was like, can we just put on the animated one? Yes. Right. Well, exactly. I,
3: <laughs> I'm going to say this, though. For me personally, out of all, like, the live remakes that they've done. Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. was the best.
1: Okay, They did that
3: it. well. They really? did that very well. Yes. And because they, they, mm-hmm. they did a little spin on it. They hired some fantastic actors. They tapped. Ewan this McGregor was in it. Granger. Come on. Yeah, look. Emma Watson. Like, that was a great movie. But, yeah, look, Aladdin was not that great.
1: Look, a lot, the reason why I think Aladdin fell short was, one, they tried making all of the musical numbers into, like, pop, like, they tried changing the genre yeah. from a musical to, like, a pop song, and that just didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. The only one that really did work was uh, Prince Ali, because they yes. decided to go full on Bollywood, which is great.
3: That was but, the best number.
1: But still, Will Smith did not go over the top enough to try and encapsulate the amazing performance that Robin Williams gave us Yeah, but he, in that the was a full errand. And...
2: Yeah, but what or, was he going to do? Like
1: Or what, now I cannot remember the dude's name on Broadway who plays Genie, who also was able to tap into that same man of craziness.
3: Oh, James Monroe. James Monroe. He is he so, He did so
1: amazing. Good. He did Robin Williams proud, okay? Will Smith fell short. They should have gotten James to play the Genie. Instead, they went with Will Smith and it fell flat. I will not apologize <laughs> For that one,
3: Uh you know it, honestly, Norm, it's okay. But I will tell y'all that like I do work out to the rap version of "You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me" quite oh. often. So it's not bad, honestly. It's really not it's that horrible. bad. It's quite catchy. Oh,
5: I mean, yeah, but like no. I can't
3: get I can't get the sweat pumping when like Robin Williams is singing to me. But like when <laughs> Will Smith is like dropping the beat to like Disney, come on, I love it.
1: Well, I mean, at the end of the at the end of the day, whatever he does does slap.
3: Yes. <laughs> wow I get wow. it I'm
4: picking up What you're putting down there Come
3: wow. on That was a good one Hashtag too soon <laughs>
4: No I'm just kidding uh, To be fair I though That um, joke's rule.
1: I've said this in the past I think on, here on the podcast But uh, the Hercules animated movie To me Is one of the top Disney films in terms of the songs the songs oh, have are just amazing one 100%. of the best songs in all of the, the Disney
3: um Heru- of, of the 90s Hercules and the Hunchback of Notre Dame are easily the top two probably most underrated Disney films because you know yes. y- 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 you had also Beauty and the Beast Little Mermaid Aladdin Lion King like come out all in the same era um yeah. which are all just phenomenal like movies in their age, own yeah. right yeah yeah um, and those two, I mean, the music is like phenomenal. Um, so I, I'm, I'm super excited to see a live action Hercules. So you're think, happy
4: that it's Guy Ritchie though who yes. did Aladdin. That's why I was bringing this up.
3: Well, because I feel like the movie itself was good when it, when, when it comes to Hercules, because the music is already so good, they have to just tap the right actors and performers to do it. That's like, really, because I will say that on social media, because I'm totally on Disney TikTok, uh, I'm not even ashamed to admit it, but that is the one movie that people on social media are constantly like, what is your dream casting? There is a lot of opinion already out there of who people want or would like to see in specific roles. And it's quite similar, quite across the board, you know, who they want for Hercules, who they want for Megara, uh, the Muses, you know um so i feel like i'm gonna do a gonna rewatch a of big the big deal
4: animated version soon and maybe we'll cover something like this on the on you know the podcast here we haven't really done a, any disney like straight up disney movies the yet.
3: verse we said we're talking about the verse after dark but y'all the verse after disney like come on like <laughs> oh Sa-
1: saturday morning verse
4: <laughs> yeah there you go
3: the one thing that i that I hope for
2: for this is that they stop trying to do that thing with movie musicals where they like make the actors sing on, live on set and then use that audio as like, yeah, no, they
3: that it's I, I was, it's a nightmare uh, for everyone involved. I
2: will and say, the unne- only exactly.
3: movie I thought it worked well was Renee Zellweger Cats. in oh, look, I didn't even bother to watch Cats. <laughs> yep, Renee not that. Renee Zellweger in, I was it. Uh, she it was her Judy Garland like biopic no, and she did like live it. singing, but it worked. Oh, it was a phenomenal film. Like she won an Oscar for it, so uh, super good. But they did the live singing on set, and I will say that was the only film I've ever seen it work for. Cats, I will never bring myself to watch. I just can't yeah, do same it. Same here. Won't do it. Don't want to do I know it. Surprising, did you guys amount see about Chippendale's cats. Rescue Rangers. I did. Did. Oh, not yet. No, uh, I did, and so it's I'll
4: great. Be quiet about it. I watched it. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It is fun, and that's blast. Andy
3: Samberg and John Mulaney, right?
4: Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay, that's gonna be a fun. Sh- that's gonna be a fun show. All right. Fair enough.
4: All right. I'm glad I opened up that whole can of worms.
3: <laughs> that was good. I, okay, I, you know, I was yeah. a good discussion.
4: This
1: this can kind of dovetail into mine because I don't know how I feel about this piece of news, but DC announced that there's going to be a Joker two, uh, with Joaquin Phoenix. And they announced that Lady Gaga will be playing Harley Quinn, which is interesting. Wait, is it, is it confirmed, confirmed or is
3: it they still in discussion? They're in talks. They're in talks this is going to be my news. But
1: Oh, the, oh, I'm sorry.
2: That's I have I wanted someone to steal at least
3: okay, one of my
1: Okay, well, newsies. so I'm stealing this <laughs> one. This was this also one. one of mine. Um, she's reportedly in talks of playing Harley Quinn. And apparently this is going to be a musical. Hence, yes. this is why that dovetailed well into this. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I think... If it's done kind of like La La Land, it might work. But if it's a straight up musical, it I I'm sorry, I don't see this working.
3: I have What did everybody yet think of the s- first Joker? I have not seen the Joker.
2: Hmm. I haven't seen it either, but I do have feelings about La La Land. I, <laughs> but that's Here's my advice. <laughs>
4: Before you watch Joker, watch um King of Comedy, which yeah. is essentially what he tried to remake and then couldn't get it remade, so he made a a a, a comic book movie and and said it was, you know, a Joker movie, but it's really just a remake of King of Comedy. It's it actually w- was more effective than I expected it to be because I I'm not a huge fan of this guy. Agreed. I think some of his I like his comedies and he's suddenly doing this drama, and so it it actually worked more. Like like I said, it was more effective than I expected it to be. But at the same time, I'm like, I just want to go back and watch King of Comedy because that's a way better movie.
1: I'm pretty yep. sure it just. I, I just liked it as a standalone. I didn't want them to follow up with it. I know the ending kind yeah. of lets it go. Like, oh, this could be a. Fu-. I just leave it go. I think, I think you caught lightning in a bottle there. I don't think it's gonna happen twice. But the other thing that that saves this for me is Joaquin doesn't take, like, really crappy films all the films he's in no he
4: throws himself into it as well he's almost the nick cage like uh you know the air of nick cage and the fact that whatever movie he gets he gives it 100 percent. yeah uh so i'm you know i i probably would end up watching it i'm just not yeah i'm like really on the fence about this especially if it's a musical i'm like
1: (laughs) um so that was part of my news and then what i think the smaller news is is just something that i'm geeking out over uh Crunchyroll is announcing in 2023 a uh, remake of one of my favorite animes of all time, and that is Trigun.
4: What is Trigun?
1: Trigun is an amazing, probably one of the greatest animes ever seen, shown. Uh, it's about this uh, outlaw called Vash to Stampede. It is amazing. I, if you're a fan of anime, Go back and watch it. It's still got the old school art and look to it, so it's not it doesn't look as sharp as modern animes, but I guess that's why they're remaking it and they should. And honestly, I would think if they just used the original like uh if they they used the original voice recordings and just redid the art, it'd be fantastic.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. This looks cool. I was like looking at it on my um on my
1: it's really cool. It's it's, it's like what uh, Western style, and it's but it's also like kind of like apocalyptic in a way. I uh, I don't know how to really describe it without giving away like a major I mean, you're thing about it.
4: Clicking all my uh, my buttons here on things I enjoy watching. So yeah, I'll definitely. I just can't believe I've never even heard of this. So it looks like there's going to be it's coming out 2023. Is yeah. The, the version. You're, okay.
1: On on Crunchyroll, which is an uh, a streaming service that's pretty much just for animation.
3: All right, Emilia. Do you want me to go so I can possibly steal more of your news?
2: <laughs> sure.
3: Okay. Uh, so I did see that. Now, that we've talked about this for, before. But after the flash comes out next year, Ezra Miller will no longer be a part of DC.
1: Wonder why?
3: Wonder yeah. why?
1: Shocking! Yeah. I, I couldn't. I could never figure. I just why. couldn't
4: outrun those allegations, huh? <laughs> he just couldn't do it. How just stupid
1: does do he have to be? Didn't he like? Wasn't he just like teasing the authorities on his Instagram? I think Ezra Miller
2: is non-binary. They,
1: they, at this point, can I just say the word "jerk"? That's <laughs> yeah. that's what they are—is a jerk.
4: Ooh, it's bad. I mean, it gets worse and worse. The more you read about it, the more you're like, "Ooh, wow! How did like how did DC not rein this in?"
1: At at this point, yeah. at this point, get rid of Urza Miller, Ezra yeah. Urza. I don't care anymore. And bring in uh, Grant Gusterson from the uh, uh, from the Flash TV show on WB. Yeah, reshoot the whole entire thing. Don't give that. Don't give that person one more dollar.
2: Just had no idea like this was all happening until it really blew up. <laughs> yeah, I was like
4: casually paying attention because I really don't care about him. <laughs> oh, sorry about his the character, the Flash. Sorry, Norm. I don't know if you're a fan of the Flash. But I never watched a TV show, haven't even watched most of the movies. So it just kind of was off my radar for a long time. And then news report after news report that I finally was like, I got to read this because this is getting bizarre. Like, you know, stalking and grooming and just like all this weird behavior. So I, it just got so crazy. When You know when casual fans start really reading about it and getting into it, that it's, it's bad. you know. Days are the days are numbered so
1: days Lucas numbered. Uh, I do recommend the like at least the first two seasons of the flash CW TV show with Grant Gustin it is it is really good and I do love the flash character especially I've said this in the past flashpoint is probably one of my favorite uh comic book arcs in the last 10 20 years
4: yeah I just have no exposure at all to it so that and now they're definitely not encouraging me to <laughs> to dive in, at least not into the movies. But I'll gladly watch. You know, if there's a TV show or you know mm-hmm. comic books, that would be a good entry point. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah,
3: and also too, while we're still covering news, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, John Favreau, who has now uh, just basically taken over both Marvel and Star Wars and Disney in general. He's getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow.
1: Good for him.
4: Well, I'd rather yeah. have John Favreau in charge than, um, uh, what's his name who did Star Trek and Star Wars? Abrams, J.J. Oh, Abrams. Oh, J.J.
3: Abrams, yeah.
4: Which I used to have so much esteem for after Super 8, and, you know, I actually liked the first Star Trek reboot. It was fun. Like, mm-hmm. I, we were calling it Star Trek Wars, because it was kind of like a Star Wars version of Star mm-hmm. Trek. Um, but, you know, it was fun and, and had energy, and, like, I love that cast. Yeah. Uh, so I Favro's doing a f- phenomenal job. Let him. I hope he just keeps cranking him out because he's, you know, has a good batting average. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. Well, um, my, I guess my other my other news aside from the um, Joker Two, fully adieu musical thing with Lady Gaga, um, is that. Apparently, HBO is developing yet another Game of Thrones series, this this. time starring Jon Snow (sighs) with Kit Harington.
1: And it's it's been they confirmed that it's going to take place after the final season.
4: Yes. What are your thoughts, Emilia?
2: I just yeah, I don't really care. I mean, I, I like, you know, I like Kit Harington. I like Jon Snow. John Snow is not one of the most interesting characters, especially on the show. So, um,
4: oh no, he's he's insufferable. Let's be real. Like I, he started out great, and then by the end of this the series, I just couldn't care less about him. Well, and uh, yeah, we
1: might get more of Sam. Who is right? this for? <laughs> Who is this? I'm down to get for? more of Sam.
4: Yeah, I could totally go for more Samwise Gamgee. I mean, um, <laughs> whatever his name was in the in the show,
2: Samwell Tarly. Very different, very different. Totally not inspired by or anything.
1: I, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm I'm gonna be excited for this. I'm not like you said. Jon Snow's pretty bland. The biggest the biggest intrigue about him was who his parents were. Leading up to the actual reveal, mm-hmm. after that, that character just lost. all all interest
4: and after his romance with his aunt i mean not to be too judgy but <laughs> ew, bad form bro bad form um this actually makes me more excited for house of the dragon i'm like that's that story i could get behind like i think that makes sense like that you would make that tell that story you know the prequel right that could that could work but sure. This, sure. who cares about this story anyway
2: yeah i mean there's so many spin offs coming out now um or, like, in the next few years. Um, it's overwhelming, Look, honestly. What, ha- what
1: <laughs> happened to Arya in West West of Westeros? That's a good story. That's the one. She, that's like the one she going? That's the one.
4: That's the story I could get behind, yeah. I don't care if about the Jon ab- Snow story.
1: Yeah. Give me the Arya story. I think everyone can agree with that one. Give me the Arya Stark story, not the Jon Snow one.
4: Yep.
2: I, I mean, I would, like... I would agree, but I just I feel like I'm so
1: jaded now.
2: <laughs> I'm just fed up with like these characters because so many of them got like just because like Arya was one of the best characters, and then the last season just kind of like, in my opinion, ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, I'm just actually, like, I'm gonna I don't know if I care,
4: I'm gonna use a piece <laughs> of news to like balance out exactly what you're saying. Uh, so Taika, I don't know if everybody heard that he has a Star Wars movie coming out. Yes. And he said he is not going to have. It's going to be all original characters. So no Skywalkers, no Obi-Wans. And I love that. And honestly, his whole thing is like, there's more going on than Chewbacca's dad or whatever he was saying. Like, And that's what I want to watch. Like, tell new stories with new characters. And that's essentially what I would... That's why the, even the House of the Dragon, you're right. You're like, we kind of heard about these characters before give me new people give me new adventures that I've like never heard of before that we be- will come to love and be part of the fandom like
3: listen, I what's I'm, so hard about that I'm obsessed with Taika Waititi and he like is reportedly now engaged to Rita Ora who I'm also just like equally obsessed with her and her music and I have I find well, Hollywood couples let me tell you I finally have officially. a like a Hollywood celebrity couple crush this never happens but
4: I, I do I'm now. still looking for mine <laughs> yeah I'm still in the market.
3: Still <laughs> in the market. Don't have one yet. So that was my news. We, we
2: had a nice, a nice lengthy news section uh, that I feel like we, I feel
3: like we covered a lot. There was a lot of news this week, and we covered quite the gamut. You know, we went Disney, Game of Thrones.
2: We
4: bounced DC, around universes,
3: anime. Yeah. yeah.
2: So unless anyone has anything to add, other than the fact that we are multiversited, multiversed, multiversed
3: multifaceted, multifaceted, that's the word, that's the word, yep, yep, crushing <laughs> it, college <laughs> education,
4: <laughs> uh,
3: and that was the
4: verse news, so,
3: shall
2: we move on to our coverage of Ms. Marvel?
4: So, what happened in this episode?
3: So, Kamala is playing around with her powers, so, it's very helpful, I just love the conveniency of the characters in this show since her BFF, Bruno, who we don't talk about, uh, is, like, a tech whiz, and he, like, discovered that her powers, like, we thought they might be coming from the bracelet, but allegedly that her powers are coming from within her, and the bracelet is just amplifying those powers and allowing her to use them. So Much a like lot of M- this... Mjolnir. Yes, yes. So a lot of this episode is her practicing how to use the powers, you know, what can she do, uh, to tr- tr- she had her little, like, workout Rocky training montage, you know. Um, and...
4: That kind of felt like Spider-Man, the- Sam Raimi's yes. Spider-Man. Yes. the original, yeah. if you remember. Yes. Um, this one episode is called Crushed, though, and I think that works on multiple levels yes. because it's really about her having a crush on this new character that was introduced. Yes. Um, what is that character's and actor's name? It was Kamran. Kamran, played yes. by Rishah, who's like... Is it is this a trope that every time they want to have like an attractive uh male lead, he has to have a British accent? <laughs> is that kind of it kinda of feels like it. Like they're like, this guy's extra sexy because he has a British accent.
3: I mean <laughs> Well yes. Yeah, this obviously also has
2: historical precedent.
4: They they make it make sense in the like in the plot for sure and the characterization, which we will should definitely talk about because I was super impressed with the layering of culture on this one that felt really organic, and you can tell is going to be a huge part of the actual narrative, which is impressive.
2: Yes, I loved, but I think they did yeah. add. the, But I think the British accent it does it does play into the whole
4: colonialism, and they mm-hmm. go, they go in. They actually tackle some really yeah, big do. concepts. But I, let's first get the plot, and then well, we can dive into. Oh, some on.
0: wait a minute! Did I hear someone say the British accent is attractive? No, 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 well, no, are no, no, no! Are you should. Sure? Oh, I
2: thought no nope. no, nope. Oh, no. What have we done?
1: Oh, I even heard I sound just like that new James Bond there. Ew. Roger Cock- Cockney is probably the one British uh, accent that people don't find attractive. Yep,
3: absolutely just atrocious. Tell that to Idris. Oh, I I'll
0: back to meatblocks.
3: <laughs> so she, she, <laughs> she meets this guy- British accent, obviously evil. Um, We don't know that yet. Uh, And she's got a little crush on him. He's a senior. He's got a car. He's going to teach her how to drive since she failed in the first episode. And she forms a little crush, which does not sit so well with Bruno because Bruno obviously has a crush on Kamala. And she now is crushing on this new guy. And it's like, I, by the way,
4: you got, I, I thought they were just going to do a friend thing. And so you called it. I was like, no, no, they're just going to be buddies. And you're right. There's obviously a, you know, a relationship there that is not being reciprocated. But he's also not very good at communicating, although he is a child.
3: <laughs> Let me tell you, just because he's a child and or adults doesn't mean they get better at communicating. Let's just... Touche. <laughs> Touche.
4: <Touché. laughs>
3: so anywho's, so she's crushing on this new kid. Bruno's getting jealous. And by the end of the episode, uh, they crush is uh this turns into a mystery mystery yes because all of a sudden actually okay so let's 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 go back let's go back before we skip to the ending
4: some stuff happens in, in between, okay yeah. so a
3: lot of this episode is kamala is trying to get information out of her mother essentially to discover more how the bracelet got here and about like her mom's story coming to the country so basically her and her family were forced out and they're she's trying to find more information about her great 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 just just, just great great grandmother who allegedly brought shame upon their family and no one wants to talk about it and the mother is like kamala like don't you know, ever there's bring all these this up
4: rumors right they're like she killed somebody and she fled yeah. and or so this was during the partitioning of-, of india yeah. which yes. we need to mention because this is the thing that i thought was really like smart of them to actually use real cultural you know uh trauma that essentially when india got broken up because it was by the British, who just essentially were like, "Okay, Muslims over here and Hindus over there," and they essentially split the country up into, you know, uh, Pakistan and India, and you know that I don't think people realize in Western culture that how like there, thousands of people died, mm-hmm. like it was like massacres happened, uh, and it was yeah. like people had to uplift their entire lives and move to a new place, um, both in Pakistan and India. So it was like it's a hugely traumatic event in history that had a lot of repercussions we're living with today. So the fact that they actually made it a big plot point in this, and it's actually you can tell it's going to be a huge part of, of the story of, of her, her great-grandmother and her powers are going to be kind of traced back to this this historical event. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really like smart of the writers to kind of inject this into it.
1: Yeah, yes. and while she's trying to figure this out, uh, there's an agency looking for her, and they find yes. her when she's trying to save a little boy who was trying to get a really poorly lit and didn't look very good selfie. Yes.
3: yes.
5: <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly.
2: That was a real modern moment.
3: It was there. It was, but it's important. So while she's like trying to save this kid and early, earlier in the episode, she had like one of those out of body moments again, where she basically goes to like
1: the, the ancestral like, plane, the or ancestral
3: something. plane, uh, A woman appears to her, an older woman, like, reaching out. Um, We don't know who it is.
1: Probably her great-grandmother, though. Probably her great-grandmother. We're
3: assuming. But then that same woman turns up at the end of the episode with Kamala's so-called crush. And he's like, this is my mother. But we're like, hold up. Isn't that Kamala's great-grandmother? and it's like
4: so you're saying whoa. that it's a luke leia situation
3: yes yes <laughs> well exactly I, no, actually i think
1: it's more of a Jon snow uh John snow no
3: and, and you know what what makes me say that too is because they had the moment and when they were out on their little date and they could have kissed behind the menu it was like the perfect opportunity and they did it and i was like hmm but then that made sense by the end of the episode i'm like Yep, it, it also, Marvel it also didn't made... want to take it too far. I mean, they barely <laughs> showed people having sex in The Eternals. Like, they're not going to have well, look, relatives was... I wonder if she might
2: have just been nervous, like, in high school and stuff. No,
1: I, I was actually... They were trying to duck her brother, and they were talking. So I didn't. I wasn't expecting a kiss there because it was more undercover time. The only way it would have made sense is if, like, he was like, screw it, I'm going to sneak it anyways. But that didn't happen because the entire time he was like, I don't think they're going to care. And then her brother showed up, so... It really didn't matter. Let me tell you,
3: if this was a romantic comedy, they would have kissed behind the menu. I've seen it before.
1: I, it, I will take your your uh, expert opinion on rom coms here.
3: So. Yes, it is. It is an expert opinion. You got that right. Okay.
1: <sighs> so, you know, um, Lucas mentioned that I actually did enjoy some of the the historical um, facts that were dropped on this. I enjoyed uh, a lot of the um, cultural um storytelling that was done but like i said in the last episode uh of the podcast i really can't get into the way the storytelling is being told um it's definitely being told for younger um viewers because honest, mm-hmm. honestly like the choices that they're making on on just just like how things are perceiving reminds me of like in a way 80s like 80s. rom-coms yep. and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm past this. So like, I, I didn't hate this episode, but at the same time, I'm not loving it. It's very lukewarm for me.
3: Um, I don't know. I, I really, I did enjoy this episode. I feel like maybe because I find her a little more relatable, uh, in many ways. Like I, I high school was not that long ago for me. Um, And I'm just going to, I will like put myself out there and it like made my heart really happy when she came in, like after, you know, texting her crush and like, you just feel like you're elated on top of the world when you like have a crush on someone and they like seem to allegedly like you back. um And they started playing be my baby. Like that's on my like love playlist. Like I love that song. If that's like, if I'm ever like in a down mood or something like that, 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 that,
1: that, that moment song. took me right back to like Dirty Dancing or whatever, and I was like, "Ugh."
3: No, but I appreciate it because I love Dirty Dancing. I love the '80s. I love the '90s rom coms. Like they're so good, and that was yeah, it was I mean, so cute. Like it was just. Norman and I cute. talked about
4: this. It's really not for us. Yeah. Like that's who the this show is for, and like it's a it's he, leans heavily into the rom com, and if you're a fan of those, you're probably gonna like this show. I mean, yeah. that's. I think it's smart of, like we said, Marvel, they will no, try out. different genres. Yeah. They will push through different into different genres. And I feel like this is a success in that regard. I feel very similar to Norm where I enjoy watching this partly for the visuals as well as the um, the style of it. Um, I don't really have as much of maybe a emotional connection to it. But I'll tell you, like all those little cultural details were interesting. Like I knew they were going to show Islam in this and it was going to be heavily featured kind of as the cultural subtext. But they actually had a scene where they were, showed them split up pr- praying at the mosque, which is how it happens if you ever have been to a mosque. And the fact that the, the women were fighting against it, like she's literally they're pushing a, like this liberal, um, you know, the, uh, what you call pr- perspective of like female empowerment. Yeah. that is a, a happening right now in like mosques in, in America and around the world where there's this like cultural divide between young people who want to try something new and the mm-hmm. old way of doing things so the fact that they, they they put that in the episode I think was very bold instead of yeah. just kind of a milquetoast background the, setting
1: the best scene in this episode for me and the one that I like the most and I, I rewatched a couple times is the bathroom scene where um, she's talking about her hijab And how and how before putting it on, she she always got the you're not ethnic enough, but and then on the other side, oh you're too white, and then she's like, but I put this on, and after a little bit, I just felt like me, and it's like there, that's 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 the point that
4: that should help explain it to a lot of yes, you know, westerners who haven't been you know immersed in in different cultures like. Ugh. I it's will like, say this is very good for that reason alone. No, Empower it's me. very do, good. Do
1: it if it if it's what if it if that's what you want to do and that makes you feel complete, do it.
4: Yeah, and these conversations are complicated and they're showing that complexity, which I really appreciate.
3: No, seriously, and I loved. I think from a female's perspective, I really did enjoy like the idea of it. It's Nakia. Nakia is her best friend's name.
1: I think, it, I think it's Nakia.
3: I think it's Nakia. Nakia. uh that she was running she wanted to run for council because they want change like in their religion, in their community mosque. Like that's what they want to see. And that was great. I I loved that idea. Um, but also too that they're like Marvel's really taking a stab at religion and the idea that, you know, like whether it's Islam or Judaism or Catholicism, Mm -hmm. that this is like a movement that's happening amongst the old and new generations and all these religions. Uh, and I took a women, gender, and religion course back a couple years ago, one of my favorite courses I ever took in college, but, like, it just forced everyone to, like, take a perspective. of like, we, as an outsider, as a Westerner, we don't really have a great concept of, like, how other countries or other communities, like, embrace and and do religion. Like, we don't. Like, we don't have an understanding. So for Marvel to take the risk and put this, like, in the face of everyone, you're talking billions of people yeah, are going to watch this. Yeah. Uh, billions, millions of people are going to watch this. Uh, I think that's pretty incredible. And for it to be um, Islam, which I feel, which is really one of the like the world's dominating religion. We probably want to think it's Christianity, but it's really not. Uh, like, I think that's pretty powerful. So... I just I loved it. I liked the episode, and i'm I'm excited to see more of this as the season continues because it's super important. I mean Marvel they're if they're gonna they I think they understand that if they're going to have the most eyes of the entertainment world coming to them, then they need to understand that they have a power and well, they have a responsibility to do something with it
1: well, Marvel Marvel's been doing this for a while. They made in the comic books at least in the comic yeah. books. It's well-established for several characters and major characters that religion is a very important part of them. For a long time, they were missing that Muslim voice. And they got that with Kamala Khan in two th- the, the late 2000s um, with Ms. Marvel. But before that, you know Ben Grimm's uh, Judaism, uh, along, with, along with Magneto's, obviously, uh, were yeah. very, very big cultural standing points. There's also other characters that have a heavy like buddhist or shinto um even though shinto's more of a way of life than it is a religion but they had very like strict like the they these characters have existed and they've been told and celebrated in the comics for for decades and now marvel's finally getting around to like okay now we're opening up this world we also have to open up the world the idea that like yeah these these other things exist because besides captain america's one line in the first Avengers movie, there's no real mention besides Thor, obviously, and on all that side. There's no pantheon of of religion uh, that's pushing Christianity to wherever, but there doesn't need to be because a majority of our viewers already know that they've already seen this. It's all, it's already established for a lot of other people. Judaism and and even yeah. though Moon Knight should have went, I think, a little further into that. Uh, would have been nice. But no, like, But I with think this... they did a
4: good job of it. They 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 made the setting. It like made sense. It was like sit at his, his mother's Shiva was like a huge deal for like right. his character. That's where his character essentially like broke. Yeah. But they um and then in Daredevil, I mean, the Catholicism oh, yes. is a huge part of that character and it's intricately tied in and they did a wonderful job of like having it there and be front and center. But it still was not like the, you know, the, the main story, the, the struggle of, of that character of Matt Murdock is a big part of it. So you know, there's. I just love that they they do not shy away from this, and they put it up in the stories, and they make it make sense for the character. Is what I mm-hmm. I guess my yeah. final word on the that. Yeah. the
1: other the other thing um, that I'm really happy about was the Bruno uh, doing the his tech work and figuring out that the powers are coming from within, and it's mm-hmm. being hard, like focused by the bangle because that leads me to believe there's a Terrigen crystal. There And that while she's touching the bangle, it's unlocking her inhuman powers. So. Oh,
4: there you go. They're finding a way. I love... To... Okay.
3: Cool. That was, like, such a sh- quick, short line that he snuck in there. Like, if you, like, weren't paying attention for, like, those ten seconds, you would have missed that whole plot line. Yep. Like, it was a very small um, introduction of it. But it, I think it's fascinating. I mean, this is a different way to see powers. I mean... What I, so, I what I am intrigued about...
1: Warning! Warning! Spoiler alert! Incoming!
3: So, I think we discussed this last episode. How Kamala got her powers was, like... I, I can't remember, but it was, like, something mist. It's, like, some type of mist that Terrigen she, like... mist. mist is how she got her powers. Well, also, in the comics, this character Kamran, like, which I thought was gonna be, like, that's, like, sort of how this, like, male... Uh, counterpart gets his powers in the comics which like it was also like oh her crush and he turned out to be like her arch nemesis essentially in the comics so I wasn't sure if this guy was also going to have powers uh, you know uh, I could see Norm.
1: <laughs> yeah, because because usually we have to sound alarms for spoilers, Bridget.
3: <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, that's true. See, this never happens. No one else ever reads the comics. I'm not used to this. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility, and I and am not failing. being responsible. <laughs> <laughs> You're I'm reckless. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
4: So yeah, we're gonna go back in time and add that spoiler alert in there for you. We're gonna use our temporal uh, distortion button.
3: All right, All I, I want to defend myself because I don't think I'm quite spoiling, but just in case I am, I don't actually know. I don't I don't I don't know what Marvel's plan is, but I don't think I am because I think what's different the, the comics did versus what the series is doing now is like. In order to be able to use your powers and have powers, like you got to be hooked up to this bracelet and potentially a Terrigen crystal or whatever. So I think everyone's just going to be after the bracelet because no one else actually has powers and they can't access them unless they got the bracelet.
1: So you're saying this dude might chuck Kamala out the door <laughs> and take the bracelet and therefore become a villain. Okay see, okay. see how
3: okay. this works. This is why
4: we have the spoiler alert system. I feel so spoiled.
3: <laughs> all right. All right. Lesson. Lesson learned. Okay. Whatever. I'm never going to read a comic book again because this no, is no, no, too don't much do that. Responsibility.
4: It's definitely the. I can't uh,
3: handle it. The this.
4: lesson to be learned here: right. no reading. Right,
1: let's, exactly. let's make this like. Let's make this as choppy as possible here. Emilia how you doing down
2: there? <laughs> Well, it's, <laughs> it's been interesting listening to everyone's thoughts. I do really like this show. Um, I mean, I feel like... Well, it's funny. We were comparing it to, like, the 80s before and, you know, those, like, like rom-coms of the 90s as well. It's funny because I am not, like, a fan of those things. Uh, there's, like, most 80s movies that are famous now I have not seen. Um, and from what I've heard about them, would not like. <laughs> but... Um, this felt, like, very charming to me. Like, but I think I'm interpreting it more as, like, um, like, to me, it feels like they're going for an over-the-top version of that. And so I'm not taking, I'm taking it as seriously as I feel like it takes itself seriously, which is not very. Um, And then when we move on to, like, the, in my opinion, like, the much meatier, more interesting parts of the story, which are about, like, family and culture, like, that's when they take themselves a little bit more seriously and that's the part that i'm more interested in i think some of the lines are a little bit like like it's 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 a little bit like telling rather than showing like there's some parts where i think the script is trying just a little too hard but i also think that that could be done out of necessity just like some things just need to be spelled out (laughs) for certain audiences and it kind of fits with the whole like with the rest of the script where it is this very like You know, this we're essentially living in Kamala's head, Kamala's head this whole time, where like everything is um, dramatic, everything is direct um, and in you know plain plain text essentially. So when they say things like this is about women's empowerment, it's like okay, we get it, but it's like but but you know it fits with the way that she is like experiencing her world. Everything is so full color (laughs) in your face. So I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> I I like the whole thing with Kamran too. I think it's hilarious. Um, and I like I'm a little mixed on if he's gonna as we've spoiled if he's gonna <laughs> make a turn to be a bit like I, I do think he's not gonna he's definitely more than meets the eye. But um, like if this romance between him and and Kamala doesn't work out. Like, I don't know that I want her to end up with Bruno, because I like their friendship. Also, did anyone notice that Bruno was dressed exactly like Marty McFly? Yes! yes. Oh,
4: thank you for pointing that out. I, I literally stopped it while watching it and showed it to the family to be like, look it! And then I realized nobody cares but me. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for pointing that out. Yes.
5: Um,
3: I care. Yeah, I definitely like the Bruno friendship, and I feel like that's probably where they're going to lean towards, since like, the one of the plots in this episode is that he got accepted to this, like, accelerated college program mm-hmm. in California. So he's going to have to leave.
4: Was it Caltech? Yeah, Cal was was it? Is it a real tech. place? Okay. Yeah. Caltech. Uh, that's where my dad went, by the way. Oh. Yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah. wow. Alumni. Dang.
4: Well, the, I'm worried now that he's not going to accept or he's not going to go because of his, 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 his interest uh-huh. in but, Kamala. So that's like, oh, you just want to shake those little kids but, and be like, you're- education's very
1: important. By the way, th- this this guidance counselor, I want less of. I am I not know, if this, the trope of like, oh, we have to have the I cool I was a guidance
4: counselor. I just assumed. I think pretty sure it was a guidance counselor. Jordan Firstman. Why does oh, he remind Oh, that's the actor. Like Mr. A... Wilson.
2: He reminds me of like a discount Adam Levine.
4: <laughs> Adam <laughs> Levine's pretty discount to begin with.
2: I mean, I <laughs> don't just... know.
5: I, it just very... seems like a
1: trope lately. The whole like, oh, I'm mm. the cool hip,
3: but
5: it's like the, not no, too no, no. It's the like, ready. It's too... the,
3: it's the woke millennial. That's exactly it is, this, what it is. Is
1: this guy just this particular character? Like, I was okay with it. Seeing is it him he one time, to be, though, but two like, yeah. him, him having two scenes in the first two episodes is just like, ah, no too, too more too of many. that guy.
2: <laughs> oh man, that is that must be how Gen Z sees old millennials.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it, it is. It is. Can confirm. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I accept it. It's like back in my day
1: when the when the old boomer would turn the chair around and be like, you know I'm trying to come down and talk to you on your level and it's like, Oh my god, no.
3: Well, I get like my sister's a millennial, so and I know how she talks and how the guidance counselor's talking. It's just a little too many similarities is all I gotta say on that. So I don't know. I'm I'm happy to be dunked on even
2: as a young millennial. I just think that uh Gen Z knows what's going See, on. I, I, and I'm ready to be dunked on. Uh,
3: I think the issue with the guidance counselor, it's like he he like his personality trait is being a millennial, is what I guess I'm trying to say. Like it's not that he's just a millennial, but he's like fully embraced like, you know, like that's his personality.
1: He's he's just painful and that's part of the reason why I don't like this as much as I would is like that again that perspective is just not for for me and it's fine because it's for someone else and I recognize but it's still good storytelling like there's the story that's being told is still interesting it's just the vehicle Mm -hmm. that it's on is definitely not the vehicle that I would be driving
3: yeah.
4: can i give a shout out to one of the performers in this uh alicia reiner who plays agent deaver who is like in everything i love her a lot like she always pops up and stuff she was in orange is the new black she was funny in that um she's in like uh, just so much tv um so anyway i just want to give a shout out i like that she suddenly popped up and i think we're gonna get more of her because she's the agent hunting down the soups
3: oh yeah good point yeah, I, I it, again super funny because I'm watching the boys simultaneously as I'm watching this, and mm-hmm. wow, what a difference! What a difference!
2: <laughs> it is weird to watch them on the same. It, day. it
3: oh, I've been watching them back to back. That's been my Friday. I usually start with the boys, and then go to Miss Marvel. Calic cleanser. Yeah, going from Miss Marvel I'll... to the boys, just like yeah, that's. That of, mm.
4: I don't want to derail the conversation, but the last episode of the boys was gut wrenching. I was like. Oh, yep. Like I could see what needing a palate cleanser before like getting yep. back into life after it. Yep. Which we will be covering the boys, which I'm very excited about because I have a lot to say about it on
1: the verse after dark.
3: Yes, yes, it will be a very much rated R episode. The verse
4: up all night.
3: <laughs> I have a lot to
2: say about every gut wrenching and every gut exploding episode. Which is mm-hmm. every episode. Episode, yes, Just yes.
3: Every and we one. made that in the most literal of terms possible. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am enjoying Miss Marvel. And Emilia, like, uh, touched on this a little bit. But, again, I think what I loved about the comic book so much, and I think what I'm probably enjoying the most about this, is the focus on the family dynamic. I think that is so important, especially when you are – when the focus of the show is on Kamala, who is at that age – uh, you know, being a teenager is hard and you're seeing it from her perspective and her parents' perspective. Um, and again, growing up in a strict household and a strict family, like I very much relate to this. And like many of the conversations that you hear her having with her parents and how she goes about communicating with them is just something that like I, I have lived day in and day out. And as someone who's st- still currently living at home, I still deal with on a daily basis. See? Um And it's just it's just it's a nice turn to see that, because for for me, this is in many ways one of the most realistic shows that Marvel has done for me, because I'm like, dang, like, uh, like, this has happened to me. Like, I see this. I I know how you feel, girl. I am so sorry. Like, I get, like I promise life will be so much better. In a few years, just like
2: you, you see,
1: uh-huh. you see this is this is this is where the disconnect is for me because that was a long, long time ago in a very in a galaxy very far away for me. Um, <laughs> so that that's where the disconnect is actually happening for me. I do like seeing the family dynamic, but like when you're saying the whole like oh it's so tough and whatnot and and now that I'm older and where I'm at in my life, I realize no, it wasn't that tough. It was definitely yeah, not it's that. It's only going to get worse. It I only gets who's worse. <laughs> no, it's a it, different. It's... it's a different challenge. But the the one thing you do gain is your independence. Yes. Sort of. And,
3: and I'll say this: I think, from growing up as a teenager, like you know, men and females are different, and I just feel like, you know, when it comes to like the strictness from the parents, like wanting to go out and especially like start relationships and meet boys and mm-hmm. or girls, all of that.
2: Super different it's, for
3: yes, yeah. It's very different, and I it just like thinking of that again. Like for me, like being sixteen, seventeen was not forever ago, and I just like I mm-hmm. know my mindset at that age, and you know, it's just like I just I if I could go back and just hug my like seventeen year old self, like I would want nothing more, and I just want to tell her like, you <laughs> know, like you got to experience life, like it's not the end of the world. You know, when you can't do this, it seems like the earth is crumbling around you. But like every obstacle you overcome, like the stronger and wiser you become. And that's just a part of life and growing up. But it's like when when you are only scratching the surface of like adult issues and things that like hit you at that age. It's like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, I, like I'm going to jump off a cliff. Like it's just it's just what happens. <clears throat> just how you feel. So it's just yeah. I like <laughs> it.
1: You'd go back and hug your teenage self. I'd go back and smack my teenage self and be like, dude, enjoy this. All your problems, they're nothing.
4: I'm kind of with you there, Norm. (laughs) The difference is, so Bridget, I totally get where you're coming from because as I was growing up, like I had the more of the Bruno situation where I didn't have any uh, restrictions. (laughs) I could just do anything. And I also was a white male in the United States. So a lot of this stuff had like, you know, didn't weigh on me and I didn't have as many, you know, guardrails. Uh, But at the same time, I had a lot of friends who were immigrants and immigrant families. So, like, I could see, like, you know, I would, as an outsider looking in, just see how much they had to try to navigate all this stuff. And even as, like, as guys would have have a lot of restrictions and, and rules on what they could and couldn't do and a lot of pushback from their families. So, you know, but also came with a lot of expectation, like you're talking about. Like, you had to do really good in school and you couldn't mess around. You couldn't get into trouble. So, like, I... I totally get where you're coming from, and I think this is what we keep going back to about how Norm and I. This is really not a show that's targeting us, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. Like obviously, yeah, it course. has a, a huge uh, you know audience out there that this feels a lot of um, connection to it. So,
2: no, I'm with I'm with Bridget with the hugging.
3: I also have to laugh too because I wasn't like super looking forward to watching this. I think because. I just was like, oh, this is going to be for little kids. And I've been watching the boys and watching all these other crazy (laughs) shows. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so childish. Like, I don't even want to get into it. And even after, like, watching the first two episodes, like, I think, like, these are my favorite discussions. Like, I've never looked forward to discussing a show so much than after watching this. And I think just because there's a lot to unpack. And for me, like, I very much relate to it. um, and I and I love this, and this is why I loved like, I love I love taking philosophy courses and religion courses in college because I love to talk about this stuff because it's so convoluted. And I love hearing other people's perspectives. So like Lucas and Norm, you guys are just saying that you know like this isn't really targeting us. So it's like fascinating just to see how that's working. So if you're that's really into philosophy out. books,
4: <laughs> I have a I recommend there's a Michael Shore who did Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a a book on uh, ethics that is essentially. Based off, uh, springs from the good place, like it's all of his. It's called How to Be Perfect, Wait, and it up, is so great. I rec. highly recommend anybody and get the book on tape because he gets place. all the actors from the Good Place to be to, the Good to Place, Parks and well. Rec,
3: like two of yeah. the best TV so shows it's ever. It's called How
4: to Be Perfect. I highly recommend you get that audio book and listen. Okay,
3: we'll do, we'll do.
4: Before we move on, was there any kind of. Uh, theories or things that we want to discuss that we haven't already spoiled. Well,
1: Bridget, yes, Bridget already spoiled what I was going to say, so
3: okay. Um, I I'm not going to spoil anything else, but I had to look it up after the episode. <laughs> Actually, I didn't look it up. Twitter told me about it. So when uh, Kamala and Kamran there were talking about Bollywood, and they were t- talking about how their moms and their grandmothers like loved the same actor. Uh, I didn't realize they were talking about the eternal guy because I did not remember his name, and because that movie was so not memorable, it makes sense. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, who are they? And they were like, I was like, am I supposed to know like Bollywood actors? I was like, I I mean, that's on me. I don't, don't I'm not familiar. But then Twitter was like, LOL. They were talking about him and I was like, oh that's who yeah. it was. Kingo. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, I uh, that was my only uh tie in that I, I had for oh. this. Well so Bridget took both of my uh my my spoiler and my uh
4: my my Easter egg. Easter egg. Well done.
3: Just I'm so all on right. it. I'm so on it. Wow, Norm's gonna kill me.
4: Alright, are are we all done with Miss Marvel then?
2: Uh I'm still just interested in seeing where they take the like the immigrant story aspect of this, because there's obviously some, some stuff that happened during the partition. There's obviously some stuff that happened like with Nani and great grandmother and like some things that like Kamala's mom knows about and like, doesn't really want to talk about might explain some of the way that she behaves. It's going to sound weird, but hopefully it doesn't explain all of how she behaves because like,
1: you (laughs) want it to be, you want it to be, part of her own person.
2: Well, I just like it would be a little unrealistic if they were just like, oh yeah, if she if this like if there wasn't this supernatural thing that happened, um, she would be just like any other Western parent. Like that would be super um alienating <laughs> and odd. Um and it would be kind of nice if that would like explain every immigrant kid's like trauma growing up. <laughs> just that there was like something as easy as like superpowers <laughs> and and not just like unfathomable gaps in generation and culture that can never be fixed um see footnote everything everywhere all at once
4: oh, God, I love <laughs> that movie so much
2: but um so yeah I'm excited to see more but I, I do kind of get the disconnect because I'm a, I am a little bit like some of these moments are a bit much for me are a bit kid-like for me
4: all right, well, are we done with Ms. Marvel then? Because we kind of have to get a move in.
2: Yes, that's it for- Norm, let's go. Uh, where are they off to? Well,
4: as plain as you can see, they to me.
1: Okay, Lucas, hop in. And, and away, away, away we go. We go. <laughs> Ugh. I wish we didn't have to do this, but the door lined up this challenge and the rules said we could not tell
4: Emily and Bridget. I mean, it stinks, but maybe next time, right? I mean, Dorothy waits for no one.
1: We're here. Jump out. <laughs> Let's open that door. Find the one that says Broadway Peacemaker.
2: You're back. With seconds to spare. Too bad.
4: Ah, oh, We made it.
2: Now, if you would be so kind and open the door, I will continue my cubing. Your fate awaits behind the door. Thank you,
1: Dorothy. Oh my god, look, it's Daniel Brooks. The Tony-nominated star of Broadway's The Color Purple.
4: Tasty from Orange is the New Black. And one of the stars of James Gunn's HBO DC series Peacemaker. Which we cover in episode 43 of The Verse. This is incredible.
1: All right, let's go talk to her.
4: Hello? Hello?
5: Hello, how you doing?
4: Doing pretty good. good. How, how about yourself?
5: I'm good. I'm good guys. What's going on?
4: Oh, just letting the day fly by and not getting enough work done, but that's another story. <laughs> um are you in New York right now? Uh, doing the No,
5: I'm in Atlanta and I'm oh, shooting okay. um Color Purple, the movie right now. So I had you just got off work at like 5.30 this morning. I had to take my daughter to daycare. This morning. So I was like done for. I was like, I'm not going to be able to phone the Senate. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm grateful that we get to get on the phone now. You know, appreciate y'all. Oh,
4: same. Oh, um, yes. It's exciting you're doing a, a, The Color Purple. So you were on the Broadway revival. Now they're doing a, a, a TV show of it or something?
5: Yeah, I'm on the. I was in the Broadway revival. Um, uh, and now we're doing the movie. They're redoing the movie. Oh, cool. Um, okay. but with the, it's a musical now. Oh, okay. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's really good. I swear. Like, <laughs> no, listen, I'm going to tell my mom that
4: she's going to be like in tears. She's going to love to see that.
5: Yo, look, um, if you go see it, you might be in tears too, my man. <laughs> dude, I cry. It. Listen,
4: I'm a huge softie at, at anything like Likewise.
5: Oh, so. <laughs> uh, you got to go see it. It's got some humor too. It's deep but it's definitely mm-hmm. got a lot of humor. At least my character brings the humor for sure.
4: Well, actually, that's a perfect segue because, you know, I've been a fan of yours since Tasty on Orges the New Black. And that Thank role you. was, you had so much like drama, but also comedy moments. It was just such a good yeah. blend. And then, so it made so much sense when I saw you in Peacemaker. It was like a great Thanks. showcase for kind of what you can do.
5: That's love. Thank you, man. I oh, appreciate pleasure. James Gunn because he's hes really the GOAT, man. i mm-hmm. I just like he watched orange as well and he was a big fan and it's crazy because at the time he hit me up i had just had my daughter you know she'd been in this world for a few months and i was like nervous about like i don't know if i'll be able to work for a while mm-hmm. and i had just turned down this action movie that i really wanted to do while i was pregnant because i was pregnant and i couldn't do it and so when this came around he was like yo my team was like, yo, James Gunn wants to have a meeting with you. I was like, what? Yeah, James Gunn? <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn? What? Okay. Um, they, they're doing a new show with John Cena. What? Me? <laughs> Me. Because, like, that's so rare. And it, and it's starting to become um, more common now that we're starting to, like, See people that are not uh you like normally uh, in in these type of in these type of shows or even movies per se like DC Universe or Marvel Universe we're starting to really like expand the range of who these people are so I was very in shock you know because mm-hmm. I had never really seen anybody like myself beside like Lola Davis playing Amanda Waller that really was encouraging like seeing this dark skin woman with an afro in this movie so now i'm like yo i get to play her daughter what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like over the moon about it over the moon about it
1: <laughs> so so that's really interesting because uh when they pitched it to you was the first thing they pitched to you the opening credits like how you guys were going to do this like really elaborate <laughs> dance number but do it so deadpan
5: like, actually, I, I, I think I think James Gunn purposely didn't tell us until like halfway through shooting because he was like, now they're locked in. Have, <laughs> they have to do this shit. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> we didn't find out until like halfway during shooting that we were going to do this. And I was really nervous. because I was like, what in the world kind of dancing is this? Like, this is not your cha-cha slide. I'm like, I don't know what this is. So um, we did it and like it was really fun. You know, I had to work on my facial expressions a lot actually because James kept being like, I didn't know it was supposed to be deadpan. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting up here giving like Michael Jackson thriller like faces. <laughs> and like he's like, damn, chill out. Uh, I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> but it was fun. I'm glad we did it because people seem to really love it. Oh, I mean, that is-,
4: is, yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the the unwritten rule about watching this series has been um thou shalt not skip the opening number.
4: Oh wow at
1: all.
5: Have y'all learned it?
4: No, but that's a good I not that what, coordinated. norm, norm <laughs> No, come on, Norm. We got challenge accepted. I will gladly try to do that. Send um, me a video.
5: <laughs> you got
4: it? There. I mean, the, the, the cast just looked like such a blast. It's one of the reasons I adored the show is, you know, it's not like there's one singular lead. There's just like this incredible, uh, you know, uh, ensemble to work with. So what was yeah. it like kind of behind the scenes? Is it, uh, it as fun as it was to watch as it was behind? Because I know a lot of work goes into these things.
5: Oh, yeah, it was it's a lot of work. And it's definitely tough during, do, do, doing something like this during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um and in another country we shot it in canada and um you know had to be away from my husband and my child for a long time and like you can't really like bond with the cast like you normally would because you can't catch the vid it was tough um but we still found ways to connect you know freddie's amazing dude to work with and, and jennifer holland so great as well and so focused and i'm glad that we were able to bond, being the only two females really on 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 our side of the show um but yeah i mean the boys it was crazy because i really felt like i was being inducted into a boys club Mm -hmm. i had never heard so many dirty jokes um behind the scenes ever in my life Uh, (laughs) but by the end of it i was probably throwing out the worst Dirty jokes. Uh, <laughs> it was fun, you know. I, and and it was cool just connecting um with, with the cast, uh, and and also still having like some really cool uh moments with like the Chakuti and even John Cena, like like dropping into some really cool moments as well with them. Um so yeah, I think James Gunn did a great job of having his um the group of misfits i think he put together a really good group yeah the the cast is amazing and again
1: lucas said that you know they it seems like you guys had a lot of fun on the set um did you have a favorite scene the film while you were doing this like one that like particularly stands out like wow this one was a blast
5: there's a few because i really actually like stunts and action work and stuff but at the end, the last episode when Adebayo gets completely slimed um by the cow was mm-hmm. pretty <laughs> wild. I mean, I they wouldn't let me get up there myself. So I did have step person falling out of the cow. But putting all of that goop on me after was like, ugh, it was it we had to videotape it, ship it on Instagram or something. But like just all this goo and just being like, Fuck shit, oh my God, this girl so um and John seemed <laughs> just looking at me like, what that was cool, but also like just like doing my action scenes with John was fun too, because he's so like he does this, you know what I mean, like this is his thing, you know, this right. dude is in fast and furious, you know he does <laughs> this, so uh, to get to watch him work and like just handle guns and kind of be his like puppet right behind him with the guns and shooting like that was fun and also like um there was a explosion scene that we had where we had to like fly in the air with our guns that to me was probably the one of the biggest highlights and joys but um just also like I I said just watching him work and learning from him little techniques because I've never I've never done action Mm -hmm. so I, I like I like that.
4: So do you think you're hooked now? You want to uh, start trying Hell to yeah. get some more action roles? Oh awesome.
5: yes, I do. I hope that whatever they're talking about with this Amanda Waller series is true. I don't have a clue, but I'm praying it is all true. Um, you know, these aren't fake facts or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. because I I would love to just be do this for do do this, you know, make this a part of um my normal routine as an actor you know it's like how mm-hmm. you said earlier like i'm kind of always find myself in in work that is um com- comedic and uh serious mm-hmm. I, I and i love that because i like the balance i like to not cry too much you know and sometimes i don't it's hard to make a joke you know but <laughs> um but i i would love to continue to add action to what i do um i really enjoy the genre and. Uh, and so yeah, I hope that James Gunn keeps bringing me back. He's pretty consistent with his friends and homies. So I hope that I get to stay.
4: Yeah, I mean, Amanda Waller, I did hear a little bit of, a, of like uh, chirpings about that, that there was a series in the works. So hopefully that does happen. I feel like this has been, you know, Peacemaker has been such a, a smash hit for HBO, um, you know, that it's, it would make a lot of sense uh, for them yeah. to just kind of keep, keep doing it. Um, But yeah, was there anything kind of in the the final cut that came out in a way that you were just like floor that you like knew you captured something cool when you're shooting it. But then when you finally saw the final instance, you were like, oh, my God, like for the cow, like you mentioned. uh,
5: Oh, definitely. Oh, man. When we fight at the end and I'm running through the fields with the guns and shooting all the butterflies and then I get to save (laughs) um, Jennifer's character. That part was really cool. But like, when when John Cena picks her up and we're walking like a bunch of badasses across the field <laughs> and then everybody comes out, you know, that part was my favorite when, like, Aquaman and everybody, like, seeing it because they weren't there. You know what I'm saying? We had, mm-hmm. like, some extra bodies playing Wonder Woman and, and stuff like that, but to see them actually, like, CGI them in there and... <laughs> The, what that became in the smoke and all that i, th- I thought that was a pretty dope moment um, <laughs> that was probably one of my favorites too so uh while
1: filming this was there a point where you realized like wow this is going to be this is gonna be big like like people are going to love this or or was it until you started seeing the the after product when things were starting to finish we were like oh wow this is working way better than i thought
5: That's a good question. I think normally for myself, I'm realizing when I'm pretty chill about um, a show, then it's probably going to be a hit. And that's why I felt with Orange, you know, I didn't really know what it was going to be. We were calling it a web series at the time. We didn't know it was going to be a hit. And it was one of the biggest things out. And then with this, it's like, I know we got good money because we got James Gunn and we got John Cena, you know. But I still didn't know because this is the first time we start, you know, starting to do something like this in DC Universe doing a TV show. But it really became a hit. And so I'm, I'm really trying to just chill out on all my roles now because it seems like that's when, <laughs> when, the, when the show becomes big. But the moment for me probably landed more so after because this is still a new space for me. Um, that I'm very grateful and happy that, like, the comic world, um, people have really, like, embraced me and, like, not, like, been like, you don't know shit, you know what (laughs) I mean? I'm very happy that everybody's, like, been really warm and receptive to someone new and someone who's um, new to comics and and learning it, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I think it wasn't until after that I was like, oh, snap, okay, this this is this is becoming a big deal. You know, you start getting like people like drawing pictures and doing the Lego things, and then like I'm purchasing stuff on like Etsy, and you see little trinkets that people have made of like uh, Christmas ornaments and stuff of like your character. That stuff is coming. Kind of, that's <laughs> when you start being like, oh yeah, okay, we're we're doing this. This is a big that's, deal. That's got to be awesome. Yeah.
4: Yeah. When's your action figure coming out?
5: that's what i'm saying you know i don't know like we got to make Who we got to talk the
4: kung fu grip and the you know that's yeah
5: who we got to talk to james gunn about that okay i'm gonna talk to james (laughs) i'm gonna talk to james so, maybe yeah, I mean, so
4: much too. of that of Peacemaker was really like in James Gunn's voice, uh, you know, like a lot yeah, of his dialogue maybe. and stuff that fans of, of his like like me uh, is like it's so it's so obviously like a signature sh- show by him. But were you able yeah. to add any of kind of your own flavor, your own approach when you were oh in like, the and the
5: rehearsals? Yes. I mean, the thing is, like you're right. James Gunn has his voice and he wants his voice in the room and, it, and it's smart on him because he's such a great writer. But he does allow you space to do your thing. And it's crazy because the first day of shooting for me was the first scene where um, we're introduced, like you, you the 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 audience is introduced to you, the entire team. Like we're in, we're in Peacemaker's house and we're all there. And um Chakudi's character is like, yo, this is out of bio. And like I'm introducing myself. And James let me improv the whole thing. He let me improv the whole thing. And when I tell you, he kept laughing over and over and over. And I was so nervous because it was my first day. And I'm like saying all this stuff of like, you know, yeah, Myron, it's you look really dapper today. And like, and I, and the crazy thing <laughs> is I was I'm also like finding the character at the same time mm-hmm. because, you know, I didn't I didn't have to audition for this, thankfully. So when you don't audition for things, you're hoping that when you step on that set, that you're what they really envisioned. When you audition, you know that you were that person that they wanted, you know? So I was trying to also discover who she was in the moment and hoping that James loved it. But James Gunn, like, he let me improv and then he'll come in on, on the God mic, we call it God mic, where he's just on the mic and everybody can hear him. And he's like, damn, now say this, uh, say something about his shoes. And, and like now, Danielle, go go look over at um, say something about uh, um, uh, a man uh, I don't know, um, uh, Jennifer's character. And so I'll go over and look, do that. And he just would laugh and laugh. And, and we ended up like we ended up like cutting like a whole minute or two of of it um, and putting it online of me like improv and James just like dying laughing. But I now, was I'm scared. going to look but that up like, after oh yeah, I mean,
4: yeah. It, it makes sense for that scene because you know your character is nervous and vulnerable and you know so i imagine that was actually a really kind of useful uh
5: yeah place to it put it in the
4: scheduling to put it then so you kind of have to throw yourself into the role
5: yeah and steve ag man that's my dude but he like i said it's my first day he's sitting there recording it because he's not on camera recording <laughs> the whole thing and i was just like man Come on, cause I'm nervous. I don't know. Like Steve, you know, knows James really well. And obviously Jennifer does and John Cena, but I don't know. I'm not I'm new to the crew, you know? And he's sitting there recording the whole thing. And just laughing his balls off. But I'm, uh, I don't know if I can talk like that on the show.
3: But anyway, we should. We
5: encourage encourage talking like that on the show. (laughs) Well, I learned a lot from being on Peacemaker how to talk. But (laughs) but they really did train me well. But anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, it was a good time. And uh, I hope you do watch that clip because it's really pretty funny. (laughs) So,
1: I want to be mindful of time cuz I know we said something. I hope you have uh time for like one more question or or two. I think so. Okay, um we're we're obviously all looking forward to season 2. Um do you have any tidbits or news you can safely share about season 2 right now?
5: Um the only news I have to share is that it seems to be happening. <laughs> That's all I know. We aren't shooting right now, but um it seems like it's going to be a go, you know, HBO is really excited about it and all of us have been willing to come back, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm really praying that we do it. You know, I know everyone has busy schedules and I know that James Gunn's been working really hard. Um, But yeah, I'm excited to like get back together with the band, you know, the 11th street kids. Mm -hmm.
4: Well, so last couple of questions we'll do super quick. Just kind of your preferences. Who would you rather have as a best friend, Peacemaker or Eagly?
5: Oh, damn. Uh, Eagly. Eagly. <laughs> nice. Next answer. Um, who's the more controlling mom, Amanda
1: Waller or V?
5: Oh, damn. So these questions are good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
4: Nor- Norm came up with these ones. So, yeah.
5: That was tough.
4: He cuts deep. I'm
5: going yeah. to say Amanda Waller.
4: Ooh. Mm, yeah. Okay. Because
5: V, because Tasty was able to get away from V.
4: Good point. But yeah.
5: Amanda Waller, like, oh, a that's a hard one. I think that's a tie. <laughs> I think it's a tie. I think it's
4: a tie. Mm, okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's a, our that's questions. It? Thank you oh, so okay. much for you know taking the time to speak with us over here at the Verse.
5: Okay. Yes, thank you 100%. so much. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. You, as well. you too.
4: Bye.
5: Thanks. Bye bye.
4: All right, that was just amazing.
1: Dorothy could use better sound equipment, though.
2: I heard
4: that. Never mind. Never mind. We just got to speak with the incredible Daniel Brooks. Get audio producing out of your head there, Norm.
1: Oh, man. We gotta go. (laughs) Bridget (laughs) and Emily are still waiting for us.
4: Hop in. I'll drive this time.
1: Alright, we're back. And we didn't just speak to Peacemaker star Danielle Brooks.
0: It looks like you be spitting more four pies, I see. Hmm.
2: I think I have an idea of what's going on here. I did hear a printer before. Well, maybe we should move on. Well,
0: I love white. Oh, I think you're right, Emilia. Yeah?
3: All right, all right. Let's get into Obi-Wan episode five.
2: Yeah, we've been waiting here for like 20 minutes. Yeah, like
3: WTF.
1: I swear it was important.
3: Is it because I spoiled Miss Marvel? It's look, because I spoiled Miss Marvel. Look, I had to go back to my okay. cube
1: and Lucas had to comfort me, okay? With lots and mm-hmm. lots of rum.
3: Well,
2: the good news is that you did, you missed, or the bad news really is that you missed out on me and Bridget talking for twenty minutes about the Obi Wan Kenobi beard. So, yeah, now that that's out of our system,
4: uh, I don't know if you all noticed though, but I'm the beard's coming in nicely in solidarity with Obi Wan.
3: Nice. I'm so glad that It'll none of our viewers can see it. <laughs> <laughs> But it's
4: got the same kind of grays as Jesus, you. Is. It Man. is the same shade. He has a little more. It's the same shade. It's a similar shade. is
1: just dealing out the low blows today. Stealing <laughs> my spoiler storm. Knocking Lucas's Obi Wan Kenobi beard. Uh, oof.
4: Oof.
3: Oof. That's what I'm here for, y'all. Well, can you
4: recap what the conversation was about about Obi Wan? Like,
3: well, we got a for taste us who of. Were not here? We got the taste of Jesus error, Obi Wan. In this episode, which for those of you who are unfamiliar is Star be... Wars episode two.
4: <laughs> I thought you'd be so excited to talk about this episode. I am that you'd want to so excited to have that conversation. I
3: am so excited. Because
4: the, you got what you wanted. Like I... I I was watching this. I literally screamed out, Alright, Bridget gets what she wants.
2: <laughs> I got what we I got the canoe beard. I got it. And it's... then we got I don't
3: know. I don't
2: know. We got a smooth faced Anakin
3: who may or may not have had a beard digitally removed. I got exactly what I wanted yet I don't feel fulfilled I uh and I I don't know how I'm I feel about that in this current moment I need a therapy session with the the verse
1: the episode starts out with uh, Obi-Wan and Leia touching down on a planet with uh, uh, with a bunch of other refugees I guess you want to say that are trying Mm -hmm. to flee from the Empire and because uh reva put a tracking device in lola the empire tracks them there and then basically um uh puts a siege on them so that they can't leave and they use lola to help them do so uh and then you know the while they're trapped there's all the there's it starts out with a flashback and then like there's more flashbacks as we go on of
4: yeah there's a whole book ending flashback of uh anakin pre you know pre vader pre yeah pre lava pit uh having a duel with uh, i guess a practice duel yeah. whatever but with um sparring with obi-wan yeah, exactly a sparring session uh that essentially frames kind of what's going to happen in the uh, the matchup between Vader and uh, Obi Wan on this planet, and I think is that why you don't feel fulfilled, Bridget? Because it wasn't an actual battle; it was kind of a flashback battle, a flash battle.
3: Yes, it's because, like, it was a flash. Yeah, it was a flashback battle, and it's like that's never gonna happen. Like, I we all know how like the series goes, and like we all know that he's Darth Vader now, and it's like. Uh, That was just like prime, prime Jedi time with Anakin and Obi Wan, and I loved it so much. So I think in the end, it just made me kind of sad because I loved their relationship so much, and I want more of like the Clone War era, like on screen Mm -hmm. live action because it is so good, like truly so good. So I still need Obi Wan, current Obi Wan, and Darth Vader showdown, like like sure I mean that, 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 that's, that's what I still need that's, that's what happen. I want it's gonna happen
1: but it, it couldn't it, they have to build to it um we also got more of uh Reva's uh intentions in this
4: one which we're gonna talk about a little later but not on this for a, not not, once not right we get, right now right not not right now but we're gonna definitely talk about it because I have a huge we have a huge kind of um I told you so yes. that we get to say to a lot of our the audience <sighs> out there um one of the things we also get is uh, a lot of stormtrooper battles, yeah. uh, a lot of um, a lot of massacres. We also yeah, get a so lot many of
2: stormtroopers Force. die in like every installment
4: of, of every fodder. series. And, and, <laughs> and Here's and the film. thing, though. Why doesn't anybody ever use like something to duck behind? And for the rebels too, this is like my <laughs> biggest pet peeve of this entire episode is people standing in the middle of a room shooting, pew pew pew. I'm like, if you remember the original Star Wars, New Hope, in the beginning they're hiding behind bulkheads, <laughs> like trying to shield themselves. Like that's what you do in a firefight. Yeah. Like it's scary. Things are coming at you to kill you, and like everybody's just standing in the middle of the room shooting until so, they get shot in the chest. It's so annoying to so me. I can't get over I it. I have a
1: theory. that that we don't need to to throw up the alarms for, but uh, the reason why stormtroopers just, like, stand out in the open and are just, like, slowly walk while shooting, I'm pretty sure they have a demonstration uh, on, like, Stormtrooper Initiation Day or whatever they have, and it's, like, it's like a Billy Mays or whatever that guy that did Slap Chop Vince whatever um, thing where he's, like, you can do anything to this. Look at this, look at this, look at this. (laughs) Look, a lightsaber against this armor? Boom. Bounces right off. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Point blank range with a phaser. Boom. Nothing. This this thing will take a tank bullet. Trust me, you're invincible. And they all bought the, into it.
4: Like is no like no a used car, car salesman. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, that's they, the only explanation.
1: They just had that 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 dude who did this. <laughs> I'm
3: sorry. I'm doesn't just, explain like, the this is actually, v- it's really the- funny. That's actually very funny and that would actually explain so much because the, but I mean at the same time like the clone army was established so like they could just be expendable soldiers but then obviously well, the clones phased I mean, out Pal- and then they got real people so.
1: Palpatine, Tarkin, Thrawn, all these guys are going to look at these guys. This is just what they are. Grunts. Yeah, they're expendable. Yeah. If you they die, you don't have to pay them.
3: Yeah, pretty much.
4: Yeah, this one less pension you have to worry about.
3: Yeah. war pigs Well, anywho, are... well, so basically the whole plot of this episode was Obi-Wan trying to help get these refugees off the planet, but Darth Vader is, like, hunting Obi-Wan and basically brings this, like, firefight because c- they tracked Lola and they tracked them all the way to this, like, refugee base. So, like, the whole episode is them trying to escape in order to... Get like all these refugees safe off yeah. the planet that they're on, uh, yeah.
1: So uh, I'm gonna start uh, off with yeah. me, like <laughs> usual, being angry with the internet. Um, a lot of people right away, within the first ten seconds of the opening, are complaining that they didn't de-age Christian uh, Hayden Christensen, and it's like, didn't they? No, they didn't.
2: They
4: did a little, didn't
1: they? If they did a little. They should have went full bore. Uh, but they didn't, and a lot of people are upset about it.
4: They didn't let Hayden Christensen grow his his beard. He needed to grow like his Jedi beard. Well, because he, he awesome.
3: never became a Jedi.
1: He never became a master. True. He became he a knight. Became he just, just master- never became a. He just never became a master.
3: He never became a master. So, yeah, I think they needed to go a little harder on the de aging because that was mullet that was like ponytail mullet, Anakin and Jesus Obi Wan, and they were much much younger um that was primo time so i just yeah, hate that haircut I, yeah it's it's the worst hair <laughs> yeah he it's looked good with the long
4: hair when he was getting all evil yeah yes.
3: um so that was tough but it was at the same time and i think the internet was just focusing too much on the details that exactly. is a huge moment to have those two characters back on screen together for the first time in, like, 20... Like, that is a huge deal! So, well, I'm like, that well, was amazing! I love that! Like, that's huge!
2: Look... I gotta say, the dialogue was a little better. Yes, the
1: delivery. much yes! better. By the way, so this this was actually... That got an upgrade. The, the, the flashbacks were probably some of my favorite moments because it was, like Lucas said, it was kind of basically highlighting what was going on in this episode, and... People were focusing so much on that special effect. I'm like, you were missing the context of what was going on yeah. by focusing on
4: it's that. Funny, I, I didn't even really pay attention to it. Granted, I am watching it on like an iPad. So there's something you get maybe less detail that I didn't really notice. That it wasn't, he listen, as well as... it
3: wasn't like a huge thing. No, it, it was, it was not.
1: not. Except for, you know, the internet then makes it a huge thing for all the wrong yeah. reasons. Yes. Yes, I, I do think Disney could have done a better job at de-aging him and they probably should have but it's not like it ruined the moment for me no i'm not that no, picky. it di-
3: it didn't it didn't ruin the moment and it didn't take me out of the scene it didn't take me out of the episode uh but like that's why that's why i do have a, a, like an issue again with people just like g- going off board cuz norm it was the same way it was the first thing people were talking about i'm like Can we all just focus on the fact that literally Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor are back on screen together as Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker? Can we just, like, revel in this moment for two seconds before we know what happens to both of them? Please, for the love of God, thank you. This is what
4: I was expecting on this. (laughs) I feel very, I feel fulfilled because this is what I was expecting to have in this conversation. Um, (laughs) We also all right for me all the uh, aside of like learn to duck and cover um we get a phenomenal use of the force by Vader yes. where he takes oh, down chills. an entire starship chills. which was pretty cool and like rips the I, side off of it and then it was just uh, uh, That was pretty I, cool Why
2: is, why didn't
3: he do that then and other times Why does not he well, do it all I the just time gonna, I don't I know crazy. I would I just have to say like again <laughs> The, like, seeing Vader really unleash his powers, again, is something we've never seen live action on screen before. Uh, mm-hmm. And in his little one-on-one fight there, taking down the ship, everything. Like, that's the first time we ever really see Darth Vader in a true lightsaber battle. Like, live action. Mm-hmm. Like, legitimate. We know he f- he fought Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan wasn't fighting him, really, like, back in earlier right, episodes. Yeah. Uh That was, like... So intense. And I just wish that like that was the intensity that we got back in the original trilogy. We know he was evil. We know he was terrible. But like the pure raw strength and power that he has is it's unleashed like it's uncanny. You can't match it. And it was it was I'm sorry, like it was just so freaking Cool to see that on. on screen. Oh, it was so good.
1: Very oh, much, sorry. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> what I enjoyed more was that this idea that again, that opening scene sets the tone for what is ha- going to be happening in this this episode. And one of the best things about it was the the knowledge that Anakin or Vader in this point, at uh, this point, and Obi Wan they know each other too well. And they have Mm -hmm. these experiences being around each other so much that they can uh, bring upon. And literally, Obi-Wan knew that the only way to um, beat Anakin in this particular situation was to do something Anakin wouldn't expect him to do. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan or Anakin had to do something like be mature and actually show a little patience and not be about just winning to try and beat obi-wan and and like that was the entire point of what was going on this chess match it was actually yeah. a chess match and it was great like when yeah, he like when that. he pulled that that down and ripped the side of it off and whatnot and then all of a sudden you see the other one take off it was like take it was off. like yeah, ah, obi-wan still he's still the master and he's still
3: no, obi-wan is still on it and like when he was trying to explain to all the refugees he's like Nope, like, Darth Vader does not have the patience to do that. He will be yeah. coming here. Like, that was great. Yeah. Um,
4: well, I'll say, can we talk about Reva then? I feel like it's a good segue into Reva's character. So, Because Obi-Wan essentially sets it up that he identifies that there's more going on with her, that she actually hates Vader and is out for revenge. And so we were right. Didn't we call that we were going to get the youngling flashback? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that she was one of those younglings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was going to be her kind of like searching for somebody else, but it turns out she, they just all died. Um, they all got massacred. She had to be like with the corpses as they were getting cold. Um, and we do have to acknowledge Norm that uh, on our Twitter yes. feed at, at night underscore cowboy, exceptionally called this word for, like verbatim what was going to happen. So we're going to give you are uh, right, Mia culpa. But at the same time, we I do distinctly remember us saying that we thought this was going to happen and then norm was saying he wished it wouldn't happen because he wanted a, a purely an outright evil. purely evil but honestly if you go back and think about her performance that she was getting slammed for on, unnecessarily for the last few episodes if you think of it from the perspective that she is forcing herself to be evil for essentially the greater good right to, to yeah. achieve her ends then you can understand what was going on in that performance that i think people like we're knocking her about and I'm like, I knew something else. You can tell there's something going on behind it. And then it gets revealed to us that I think if you go back and rewatch those earlier episodes with that in mind, I think her performance is going to be way more appreciated and, uh, and you know, viewing it in that lens. Anyway, I just had to. So
1: uh, this is where I'm going to bring up my, my, my issue with this episode. It's only one issue. And that is, has Darth Vader, AKA Anakin Skywalker, not learned to just leave someone barely alive. This is exactly what happened to yeah. him. How many times? I was talking about that. Like, like how? How? Come on, dude. Like you have to know better than that.
2: Well, I was wondering about this because both him and Palpatine make this mistake, where they where Darth Vader runs her through, but like somehow ineffectually. Um, or maybe like palpatine then said the magic words you know revenge can do wonders for the will to live or whatever and and that was like you know that was like the healing elixir that brought her (laughs) back (laughs) and maybe they didn't realize that but um yeah i mean maybe maybe he just didn't care he was like oh let's just see what happens because like i'm so powerful and so like Um, arrogant that I don't even care. Yeah, when
1: the Grand Inquisitor said that, I was like, oh my god, they're going to leave her alive, they're not gonna, like, finish the job, this is, alright, bad moment, it's gonna bite you in the butt.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't know how she survived that though, I mean.
3: Questionable.
4: She moved all of her organs to one side of her body. Yeah,
3: again, I don't know, but I think what I find her... Well, I Okay, let me rephrase that. I think why I find her character so interesting is, yes, she was totally out to just kill Darth Vader get revenge on him. But, like, she's now... She's still evil because she's so blinded by her rage and revenge and need to kill Darth Vader that, like, by the end of the episode, we know that she's gonna... Tried to expose the children, like let Darth Vader know that he's got Luke and Leia. Like those are his children, which is like the whole plot point of Obi Wan, where he's there to keep it a secret. So she doesn't care as long as Darth Vader is dead in the end. Like she doesn't care.
1: Again, I bring I bring it up that it wasn't so much that I I didn't think this was a possibility of of her uh, and and her still being evil. By your definition, you're you're very much right, Bridget. I was just. I wanted the focus to be more on uh, Vader and Obi-Wan, which it was in this episode. It very much was. And introducing this character to me was, I was okay with it if she wasn't going to be sympathetic at all, but she is now sympathetic. And I don't like that because Mm -hmm. I don't want there to be an introduction of a third character that I want to care about in this episode. If that makes sense. Moses Ingram's doing a great job. I had said it in the earlier podcasts. I love what she's doing. She's not a problem at all, other than the fact that it's just a slight distraction from what I want, which is just Anakin and and Obi Wan.
2: Well, it's unfortunate Uh, because then it's like then they're they're jockeying for space because like the script was set up, you know, in not the most balanced way. Yeah, that shouldn't have to happen.
4: Right. Well. My recommendation, if you're ever gonna stab somebody in the back, don't shout at them before you try to stab them. It's way more effective <laughs> it, if you're, Yeah, like just stab away. Don't that. shout. Just start stabbing. But I will say um, though, so, like sorry, they Reba.
3: totally that they like admitted though, like Darth Vader, like they knew that who she was. Like the, the Yeah, but that's the why she didn't have to Inquisitor. yell. I, I thought it would have
4: been cooler if she just just went to do it, and he's so force awesome. He just, like, but it, like again, stopped it with the force. It's, it's anyway. Darth
3: Vader's undeniability is like one of the most evil people ever. Like they knew who Reva was. They're like, we're gonna use this our advantage. You think that's BS? I'm sure. He Mark? also
4: everybody's trying to stab no, him no, in the no, back no, no, no. You, every day. You're you're right,
1: except for that you're wrong about the reason. It's not because he's so evil. It's because it's Anakin Skywalker, and he's the most dramatic person in all of the star wars universe how literally you have two choices here are you gonna take the easy one that's like straightforward are you gonna be a a drama queen about it and anakin skywalker is gonna go running to the drama queen side every single time
2: so back in the in the flashbacks when anakin is running around killing all the younglings like did he purposely leave reva alive or did he just not notice her amongst the other piles of dead children (laughs) she said she
1: she played dead
2: she said said. when she
1: got hit she played dead and they just walked past her without thinking twice about it
3: but again this that exactly goes back to emilia's theory of his terrible job at leaving people half alive
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he like um... repeats the same mistake in this episode
2: You know, it was interesting because at the beginning there was a content warning and there were like some scenes viewers might find upsetting. And the whole time, I think this is because I've been desensitized watching the boys. The whole, every single scene that came around where there was like fighting or or anything like that, I was just like, is this the upsetting part?
4: Like, (laughs) no,
1: it was definitely the look, (laughs) it's the children children getting getting massacred because of
4: the Texas uh, Valde massacre.
1: Yeah. Uh... The same reason why I mean, children getting things... massacred
4: should always be disturbing, yes. so maybe they should just have that up regardless. Yeah, but... it's the same
1: reason why Stranger Things put that in the very front of their mm-hmm. first episode.
3: Well, uh, I'm so just wow. desensitized that I didn't even notice the sensitivity warning.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is that th- these are, you know, this is art, right? Like, this is not a news broadcast. So I can understand them putting those warnings up because some people get really you know, vocal about like, i this made me feel weird. Right. And I yeah, don't I totally like it. Think,
2: I totally agree with content warnings. Like, yeah. I understand why I, it's there. I even prefer them when they're like specific about what they're warning you about. Um, yeah. Some people might say like that spoils things, but for certain types of content, like it makes a lot of sense.
1: This, this episode I liked a lot. Uh, I didn't, not like Talia going down in this one. Like I, I was hoping her character. It's because be... she stood
4: in the middle of the room. She didn't duck and cover anyway. Although
3: I was I'm expecting like go. a savior moment by the droid there she... because they made such an emphasis on like, oh, like he doesn't talk. Like you know, actions speak louder than words. So I like earlier in one of the episodes. So I was expecting him to like just like go ham and like take down the whole droid army and start chucking them. He had like one good like solid chuck against the wall with one One good chuck a couple uh, Couple good chucks i was expecting like a little bit more of a bigger heroic moment so yeah i did not like Mm -hmm. talia going down but also too i you know it's very interesting seeing the side of obi-wan because he has real emotions and feelings not that he hasn't before but he was pretty like on guard about what he would reveal as a jedi uh, and you don't really see him get so upset until after his final battle with Anakin where he basically leaves him for dead. And he's like, you are my brother! You know, like, that's that's like the first uh, inkling we get of that. So it's interesting to see him have that really emotional connection with Leia at the end of the last episode and then, like, see him react to Talia dying. It's, uh, it's it's interesting and it's sad. And I just, I just love Obi-Wan. I just love him and I feel bad. And, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect them to kill off Talia so quickly, uh, but it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they had to have some drama and, you know, they had to yeah, I, thin down the cast <laughs> a little bit because we don't see a lot of these characters in the future. I, so. I
2: don't know why. Why is no one talking about also the other the other one we lost, the Loader robot?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's why I was with Bridget on this where, Um, She was like, yeah, well, well," you saw the rotor robot going over there and you're like, oh, he's going to save her. And then he's going to rescue her.
4: No, he just like collapses on top of her.
3: I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to crush her. This is how she's going to die. And that's how I first (laughs) thought it was going to happen again, though. I've been watching the boys too much. That's that's where my (laughs) mind definitely would have
1: happened in the boys. And then, yeah, exactly. Like excess blood.
3: Yes, um, exactly. Human body
1: does not hold that amount.
3: (laughs) No, uh, and and I also too thought she was gonna survive because when she brought her hand out, she wasn't bleeding that much. I'm, again, well, again, I've been I mean, it was like a very PG
4: thirteen amount of blood. Yeah. You know, yeah. Here's a question though: so blasters, like, it should Do they scorch right? you? I'm yeah, I'm so I'm confused over the physics of of blasters.
3: I think that personally, anyway. the Star Wars universe changes Is the confused? capabilities of blasters and lightsabers <laughs> to fit their narrative. When they need Oh, yeah. well,
1: that's wanted. everything. But um, yeah, yeah.
3: I don't think there's a straight definition for that, Lucas. So if you were yeah. confused, so is mostly everyone else. Perpetually confused. <laughs>
1: another another thing that I did enjoy when the stormtroopers start breaching through and and Obi Wan was uh, defending, he was getting better as uh, it was going on at deflecting yes. the oh d- deflecting yeah, back, yeah, back at them because you saw it in the first or the episode previous. He wasn't really like, they were going all over the place, but as this one was going on, he was getting them right back at the Stormtroopers, mm-hmm. and that was cool to see, like, he's coming back to being Obi-Wan. Ben's going away, yeah. and Obi-Wan's coming back. Mm-hmm.
3: I gotta tell you, though... And he was, like,
4: taking charge and leading, that was very Obi-Wan-esque, yes. when he was, like, ordering people around.
3: Well, when all of a sudden he just, like, took charge, he's like, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. We're like, yes, General Obi-Wan! Get it! Um, And also, I think one of my favorite scenes, though, in the episode, though, which was also, like, probably one of the sadder moments is when he was looking at the wall of like all the Jedi that have come through and they had the like Republic symbol not the Republic um like the the Jedi symbol like sketched on the wall and all like these writings and names and then just like the barrel of lightsabers left behind I'm like oh god like I can't even can't even imagine it like that's how I was gonna
2: say that one General Grievous would have been super into that.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's like, ooh! More like, oh my for God. my connection! <laughs>
3: Although I don't, I don't know if he would have liked it because he didn't kill them himself, so...
2: I don't think he cares. Uh, so would would he have... He might not have attached them to himself then because they weren't earned. He would have
3: just, like, a massive jingling keychain of lightsabers. He, would even, he wouldn't yeah, exactly. even be able to recognize them. It just be, like, a, a giant, like, pointy sphere of lightsabers, but... Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did enjoy this episode. I So I was talking to some friends with work, though, the other night. And I said last episode, I manifested, I would love to see a season two of Obi-Wan. Because I think it's compelling that we're focusing on, like, Leia's story in this season. And then, mm-hmm. oh, but it would be so cool to focus on Luke this second season. Except now, the end of this episode... They like teased us that nope, we're gonna go back to Tatooine. Obviously, as every single stupid Star Wars story ever has to end on Tatooine, and begin and end on yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And like we're gonna somehow like tie in Luke to this whole thing, but allegedly this last episode is gonna be like an hour and a half long.
1: No, oh, no, okay. no. That's no. been debunked. That, oh, that it was has a, been debunked? a false rumor. Oh, thank oh, okay. Forty minutes. Forty minutes. <laughs> About forty minutes long. Are
4: they... Wait, so we only have one Again more episode. I no. How are they going to wrap me
1: think, nope. this up in forty minutes? Cliffhanger. We're gonna we're gonna Loki this one. I think. I really. I have. This is the okay. same way I felt about Loki, and I'm having the same vibes here. Except for I'm enjoying this series way more than I enjoyed <laughs> okay, good. Loki.
3: Good. good but good, good. yeah.
1: Um, okay. Forty minutes, roughly forty minutes.
3: Okay. Well, I
4: like this episode, and I have a feeling, as they always go, this the second to last episode is almost always, in a six-part series, the best episode. Uh, it happens with Moon Knight. It happened with Loki. It happens with WandaVision, I think. might have done that as well. Anyway, I, um, so I'm. we'll see what they do with the final one, but I am getting also Norm vibes that, like, yeah, they're going to leave us on a cliffhanger. It's going to feel deflated a little bit. You're like, I got to tune in next year.
1: Here's what needs to happen in this next episode, or else – Star Wars fans will riot. There needs to be a <laughs> official, like at least five to ten minute long lightsaber duel between Obi Wan and Vader, and mm-hmm. just them.
3: Yep. All right, so then that means we point... only have thirty minutes left for plot.
1: Right. Unless it's unless That's at fine. some point works for me. They want to um, like bring back Duel of the Fates and have uh, Obi Wan and Reva go after Darth Vader oh, yeah. like that, but that would be weird because no,
3: no, she has the no. double lights
1: blade of lightsaber, not him.
3: Wait, okay, wait, I gotta go back to that lightsaber scene between Reva and Darth Vader, though. Seeing the double lightsaber come back out, though, was pretty dope. I mean, like...
4: Yeah, and she was doing all the... Inquisitor moves like, with the anyway. The
2: Darth Maul hype I mean, he is. Just, like broken into
4: two lightsabers,
2: and I was like, "Wait, is that how they're made? You just take two lightsabers and just stick them together?" Yeah. Crazy it's, glue. It's, it's
3: not like one big kyber crystal. It's two separate lightsabers, and they just make the apparatus that they attach to each other. Um, she just have two. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, overcompensating. I guess there's an but, abundance
2: of them now since there's so many dead Jedi. <laughs> but they yeah, don't but know then, that. To get the
1: red. But to get the red Kriber crystal, they have, to, crystal, the they have to make it bleed.
3: Yeah. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Really, really cool storyline in the Darth Vader comics, by the way.
3: Hmm. I would like that.
4: Well, let's put that. Let's manifest that. Okay. Norm. Let's say we're going to – we want the the Darth Vader uh, series. All right. So that gonna, if yes, runtime is only 40
3: it. minutes in in total, like everything mm-hmm. – Okay. So you got to take away like another five for credits. All right. So No, you, I, th- I think
1: but runtime always goes plus. by – goes by actual action,
3: not... Okay, so then we got 40 minutes. We have 30 minutes left. 10 minutes are going to be totally just straight-up lightsaber action. It has to be, or like Norm said, there will be a riot. There will be a riot. So the other 30 minutes, we have to get Leia back to her planet, reunited with her family. Uh, And
4: and wipe her memory. memory We had
3: to wipe her memory.
4: So we're down to 20 minutes, guys.
3: Uh... (laughs)
4: We
1: got to go back to Tatooine where we know
4: uh,
1: uh, Bail Organa up- is like looking over right, Luke. Fifteen apparently. minutes,
2: oh, right. yes. Yeah. We need to set up the Luke stuff for next season. So that's gonna be another that's why I think seven.
3: It's gonna be a- that's gonna be another seven minutes at least. Also, we got to get like the Reva... Obi Wan, like, what's your deal, bra? Unless she's gonna be also in season two, because they could just ignore that and then she pops up as like the end of a cliffhanger, like on Tatooine. Like, I could just see that being like a cliffhanger, like her standing in front of the two sons in the distance. That's my that's my theory.
4: Okay, there you go. Now we're out of time. That's, all. that's, okay, it. that's here,
3: it. That's it. That's the episode.
1: Here's here's my here is my manifesting for season two. Okay. You see the very end credit, the after credit scene for this next episode is Reva finding Maul.
4: Kenobi. Kenobi!
1: And it's perfect. She hates Kenobi. She hates Vader. Maul hates Kenobi. Maul hates Vader.
3: Oh.
4: Dude, bromance. They're going to have so much fun. I'm just because... (laughs) no, And
3: it would make sense. That would sort of make a little more sense because we we do Maul does meet his demise in the Clone Wars. Um,
4: rebels. Rebels.
3: Shit, it is rebels. Oh, I just swore. Oops. Um it is rebels. It is rebels. Um That would make sense. And Maul Maul like like there's been a He's couple a opportunities and they've been mm-hmm. really trying to bring him back in. He had the one cameo in the one movie and oh, uh, Oh, that's a really good manifestation, and I really want it. I really, really want it. Oh, no. (gasps) Now I'm going to be really upset if it doesn't happen. (laughs)
1: Somehow they find each other, and I would just love it.
3: Stop, but that's why. I
4: love it. They don't even do anything. They just hang out and just, like, drink and get angry and, like, throw lightsabers at Wait, this Vader or something. Wait, this is a
3: legitimate question because I might have to go back and rewatch a couple episodes of The Clone Wars to get, like, um would we have full body mall at this point? Yes. No. We would.
4: No. Wait, for Yes.
3: Cuz he gets his body back. Yes. Yes.
4: Oh, I see what you're saying. Not not the spider leg mall. Yes, yeah,
3: not if the, remer- tha- Yes.
1: If you remember, he he gets his body back when when Savage is still a uh... Mhm.
3: Because don't they do like witch voodoo on him? Yeah, the, the, the night system, okay. yes. yes. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm not making this up. Then,
4: Sorry, Amelia, we totally spoiled all that for you. And then they try and kill Dooku by
3: yes,
1: using Savage yes.
4: Oppress.
3: Yes. And it doesn't work. No, it does not work. It does not work. Okay. But because I know, but then like in my head, because I'm like, I know by the time we see him later and he's like in this, he's got his own crime syndicate, he's full body mall, and I just couldn't mm-hmm. quite remember. So that
1: would, that would be Crimson Dawn would be here.
3: Okay,
1: which is why I think it would be really interesting. I really... Like I would, I would love to see it or or uh, um, Asajj Ventress.
3: If we freaking <laughs> I just Pinterest, blew Bridget's mind. If we free... oh my god, <laughs> this is the perfect setup because ah, oh my god. <laughs> I I
1: I I just I just broke Bridget, uh, her fan her fandom I just, just like just
3: leave. Um... <laughs> yeah.
4: Emily and I will see <laughs> oh ourselves out. Thank you. Oh my god. I'm, right, I'm, done. You. I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. All right, so yeah, let's 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 uh, move it on, move it along here, guys. So, Bridget, are you excited to watch more?
3: <laughs> I'm excited to watch Norm's version of what could be more. So another this me, we need happens, Norm in those
4: writers' rooms.
3: Uh, but I will say, like, if any of that were to come true, I'm either gonna be like flipping the F out and you guys will all know about it or it's just going to be stone cold silent like I'm going to be like no one's, everyone's going to be like Bridget, are you you okay like and it's going to be no because my head is going to be stuck in the ceiling of my bedroom because I'm going to (laughs) have shot up out of bed so fast
4: (laughs) for some reason I'm skeptical that you're going to be silent in (laughs) any regard when it comes to Star Wars
3: okay touche good point (laughs)
4: Short answer, yes,
1: I'm excited.
3: Yes. Uh uh I am quite thrilled to see some more. I have uh, high levels of anticipation.
5: <laughs>
4: just
3: I'm trying it? to reel it in. I'm trying oh, to reel it in, guys. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to see more. A little nervous that, like I said, this it might turn out that this was my favorite episode. Um, all joking aside about ducking in cover i did really enjoy this episode and uh i'm a little nervous that sometimes the cliffhanger finale just doesn't feel as fulfilling so
2: i'm still pretty like kind of whatever <laughs>
4: lukewarm, lukewarm.
2: It's, it's just like it's one of those things it's like if you're not if you're not really in you're out
4: right
1: and 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 the the contrast between you right now and and bridget over <laughs> there.
3: pretty stark there. <laughs> Okay, but to be fair, I'm like super stoked about things that haven't happened yet. <laughs>
4: <laughs> They're only happening. <laughs> it in might your not
3: happen, but just the sheer thought of it happening is just too powerful <laughs> that I can't contain it. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty pumped during this whole episode. I was pretty excited, but not as excited. Of I
4: honestly was like potential. I thought you were going to come in hot on this when we like jumping in to talk about it right away you, you took your time to build up to well, i just feel like we were so.
3: talking about such a heavy topic in miss marvel i couldn't just be like yes <laughs> like
4: and then we
2: had to talk about the child murders <laughs> yes
3: yes and... i couldn't i couldn't just be like this here. was the best episode ever <laughs> um
2: <laughs> i'm loving this <laughs>
3: <laughs> I really need to get back on Twitter I do of want to watch the sequels suddenly
4: Oh my god, we do Everybody, gotta remember, Emilia hasn't seen the sequel movies
3: I gotta right. tell you, Amelia, Talking about this series <laughs> with you not seeing the sequels Has probably been the biggest challenge of my life And I don't know if anything will ever be as hard as that
4: Because <laughs> I think Bridge, I have a sinking suspicion that Bridges and I are pretty aligned on the sequels Where we, there's things we can enjoy about them but not fans. I just I
3: yeah.
2: just really want to see them and like I think it would be hilarious if I love them because that oh, would be like I'm telling you crowning,
3: I think like, that, y-
4: that was my, get, my diversity of opinions you yes like them better than the, o- after the
3: other after you finish watching the prequels I we I said on the podcast Luke, Lucas and I both were like we yeah. had this feeling because again I think Lucas and I are simpatico on this like Emily is going to love the sequels. I just think like your yeah. your view of Star Wars and what you like in entertainment.
4: I will divulge a secret when we get to, that, <laughs> to one of them about. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. We we need to have, I think, blind spots shall All from... I got to
3: say is oh, like, yes. you guys are going to, I'm going to have to put if a muzzle on. If you want to skip
2: Solo a Han story, that would be okay with no, me too.
3: No, you got to watch it. You got to watch it.
4: I think you're actually going to like that one, too. I think you're also going to enjoy that. Because it's kind of more aligned Mm, with your taste in movies.
1: Actually, I agree. I think Emily might enjoy that one more. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And it doesn't have um, uh, Harrison Ford, so I think you might actually enjoy it. There's a lot of characters in
3: there that I think you will enjoy.
4: Plus Donald
1: Glover. I mean, how can can you go wrong?
3: I do like Donald Glover. See? It's good. It's a good watch. It's a good watch
4: we'll figure out which what's on next on the blind spot, but, um,
3: yeah, we got to wrap it up. Okay. All right. I'm reeling it in. Be sure to subscribe to the verse, wherever you find your favorite podcast. And you can also reach out to us on Twitter at the VerseCast and let us know what you think about the show. I need to find another outlet to either manifest my thoughts and release my energy. So I'm going to try to get back on Twitter. Uh, ASAP, and you can follow me, Bridger Brogan, at Bridger Brogan sixteen, on Twitter and Instagram.
4: And you can follow me, Lucas Longacre, uh, Luconian Logic, on uh, Twitter and on Instagram.
2: If you want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at Emilia
1: And if you want to follow me, Norm Felker, you can follow me on Twitter at Random Underscore White Guy.
0: What in the world is all this Twitter you're talking about? Is you like
2: collecting birds? Honestly, I need we're, subtitles. We're
1: we're not going to give this guy a Twitter account like we let, you know, that other one get, right?
4: He can take over Cronsworth's dead account.
2: Just take over the Cronsworth one.
4: No need for that. I ain't no fan
0: of birds.
1: Finally, there's our producer, Steven Prusikowski. Um, he can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd as at Filmsnork. And recently, he's been pretty busy. He's been doing some very big interviews. Uh, just recently, Sadie Sink of Stranger Things, uh, Ralph Macchio and Billy Zebka from Cobra Kai, and Rupert Grint of Harry Potter. And also, Britt Lauer, plus Britt Lauer of Apple TV Plus's Severance. Oh, you're telling me
0: this all has to do with some sort of birds? Well, tweet, tweet, tweet. that's kind of neat.
3: Can I kick this can? Anyway, there's our music. Oh, I
0: thought you liked robots,
3: Bridget. Not this robot.
2: Somebody, somebody play our music. Okay, there it is. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) I like my other (laughs) robot. Thanks for listening. Keep sending in those questions and comments on our Twitter page, and we'll see you next time in The Verse.
3: The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Steven Kuzakowski. If we were to go to Mm AvengerCon today, what would you guys dress up as?
4: I mean, We think I think we know what Norm would dress up as.
1: Me, I have no idea what you're talking about. There's Norm, no a... there's no way you <laughs> guys could guess what or who I would dress up so, as the this wall is... of
3: Captain
4: America behind you?
3: <laughs> is, is that a shield a on the wall behind
4: he you? Has the shield. That
1: is the heavy metal shield too. What does that
4: mean? So it's
3: you're gonna go with made the Hulk metal? is it's what made, you're saying? It's made of metal. Like so yes, I, I would a, I would be um, Hawkeye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I mean I would definitely be Captain America. I love it. Uh, our Ooh. producer has seen me dressed as Captain mm-hmm. America.
3: Oh, so what has happened.
1: Oh, it oh it has most certainly happened.
4: <laughs> well, Bridget, what about you?
3: Um, I, I would go as the Hulk. I don't. Nice. I would have to. I don't. I would have to. I wouldn't go as like full Hulk and like stuff a costume and be like, like. I, I would like have to take a twist on it, but I don't know how I would do it because I Wait, want to So you be like wouldn't be
4: She-Hulk; Hulk, you would be uh, Banner Hulk.
3: Hulk. I feel Maybe like I would try nerd to be a smart Hulk. Yes, smart Hulk, I would probably yes. do smart Hulk. I'd probably like put the guns out, you know, do like a ripped t-shirt, <laughs> like put the glasses on. I'd do like, yeah. You gonna put it. the
1: salt and pepper in the hair too?
3: Oh. Uh, yeah, I think definitely, definitely the Hulk. I wish I could say something like that was really cool. Like, oh, I got this cool idea, but I'm just not that clever.
4: I mean, I gotta say, for me, Agent Coulson. Ooh, All, like you so, know, and I, 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 heard that somebody was doing that, handing out um cards for to, like
1: to kids that were dressed up as being part of the I Avengers would totally applications could see the going that going as
4: Agent Coulson, because it would be oh, like you just wear a suit, yeah. you look good. Uh, and then everybody's like, why don't you dress up? And Yeah,
1: but the one thing you got to do is if you're going to do Coulson, you have to uh, take the big gun that he, that he uh, used on Loki.
4: Otherwise, uh, you got to
3: carry that. Or I'll out. just
4: have a, like a, a hole in my shirt where Loki stabbed me and just be bleeding out. Oh, oh
3: come on, God. Lucas. That's right. <laughs> I will say that if I do go Smart Hulk, thinking of the props, I would definitely hand out tacos. I would make like a taco pouch.
1: I would follow you around everywhere.
3: Me too. Yeah, that's, I she would has
1: tacos, about. everybody. Follow her.
3: Or I think the backup costume would be like Shang-Chi, but bring a karaoke machine with me. Like, <laughs> nice. <go>. Oh my <laughs> god! I think that would, that would Good also idea. be number two. Bridget
1: I wins think. for props.
4: Yeah. Emily, uh, you're the last uh, one standing here.
3: So
2: this is tough because I, I really like Tony Stark, but I don't think i could pull it off and the iron man costume would be like way too much work you don't awesome. want to take, you could
3: do you get a goatee Amelia. come on <laughs>
2: um i was thinking about shang chi also because i'm just one haircut away <laughs> from <laughs> being pretty close um i like bucky's outfit in the metal arm but i don't like him as a character enough
4: <laughs> Boo, he's great you're having a um, lot of
1: you having a lot of moral debates here aren't you <laughs>
2: I, yeah, I put a lot of thought into this kind of thing, but maybe Loki.
1: Mm.
2: Now, 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 the the question persona. I was
1: say yeah the question there is: Would you do like the the MCU that we're used to Loki? Or are you gonna do a variant? Uh,
2: well, I just I really like his green, black, and gold outfits, so probably the MCU version of him. Okay. I like it.
3: I like it. I I think that'd be good. Yeah, Loki's a solid. Would you, I oh. just think
2: that Thor has the Thor movies have the best costumes. Mm-hmm.
3: You know what? You could go as Thor and carry around a snake, like Loki's snake when he turned into a snake and stabbed him in the back. That would be. Kind
2: Did of Norm fun. just storm out?
3: The spoiler the storm storm. Thor storm just stormed out. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. I know Loki's a controversial choice, but I didn't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's
1: probably like what? Well, so I. He- I decided to run to my closet quick just to show you guys.
2: Oh. I thought you were storming out. (laughs) Nope,
1: I'm not going to put it on, but.
3: Oh, Oh, man. man. That is a suit. That is a full-on Captain America suit.
2: (laughs) For all of our audio listeners, I'm just kidding. We don't have a video version unless you want it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're going to do
4: it eventually, and I'm going to do it with, we're going to have avatars. So you could be Captain America.
1: There we go.
2: Has a Captain America uh, costume. I do. It's pretty solid looking.